Today is April 13th. We have Matthew Gorslanzik on the podcast. Decky Long Distance, how are we? We're doing great, Andy. Fresh shave. Uh, Gorslanzik, what a pronunciation on your end. I hope that was right. I know we're just we're recording this intro to Matthew before we actually record. And it, wow, I think you nailed his last name. I hope he, we'll have to do some clarification when we get into the podcast, but damn, dude, I like what you did there. That was a shot in the dark. We got challenged by Emma Severs to have Matthew on the podcast, and we followed through relatively quickly because she told us that he walked from Wisconsin to Argentina. And when we heard that, we're, we're, this is a no-brainer to have Matthew on the show. We know nothing really about him. I talked to him on the phone uh, earlier today, make sure technology was all dialed in. And he's got a couple blog posts, but we've never met him. And we're stoked to have a two-hour conversation with this man and unpack his story. Totally, man. And I think these are always, uh, you know, really fun. You know, these are these podcasts where you bring in someone you don't really know. Uh, and they come in as strangers, they leave as friends. So we're very excited to welcome Matthew Gorslanzik. Might be Gorslanzik. We'll find out. In All right, I'm good, Andy. You can lead him in. All right, Matt. Welcome to the Back Pocket Podcast. I got to ask real quick. Do you pronounce your last name Gorslanzik? Oh, done. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I, I have to be frank <laughs> with you and transparent. I have butchered so many last names on this podcast we've done 306 of these and i have i'm due for a good one so i'm pumped that course lancic i worked through that one this is a, this is a great start to the episode that was really good <laughs> how you doing today oh wonderful and how are you fellas oh we're happy to have you we're happy to sit down share a drink and uh and just have a conversation salute yeah. Salud. Yeah, thank you yeah, for Matt. Me on. Salud. We are, yeah, salud to you too, man. And, uh, you know, I always say when people ask how you're doing, no matter the situation, um, we were just talking off air about a math mistake I made because I was uh, m- trying to multitask as a male, which I don't think, I, I'm going to throw this take out there right away. Like, males cannot multitask. Like, our brains just aren't meant for it. Uh, so, like, I was multitasking. I was talking to Sophie of Straight Candid at the same time I was trying to do math problems at work. And I made a math mistake and almost cost my company a lot of money. Um, but nonetheless, if you were to ask me in this such, in that situation, hey, Declan, how you doing? I would always say, no matter what, I'm always living the dream, man. And uh, hearing, hearing uh, the name Matthew Gorslanzik, and you should have him on the podcast uh, from a couple episodes ago, Emma Seavers, um, and just your story, mm-hmm. it sounds like you have lived the dream up until this point. And, uh, dude, I'm stoked to talk to you, man. And I just got to say, compliment you on that mustache. That is absolutely phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah, it's really difficult to cater. Uh, but, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, uh, I'm uh, living the dream. I always I always like the idea of, like, just saying unbelievable or incredible, but unbelievable because it could be either. You just say it with a little exuberance, and people are just like, oh, that's, what's going on? What are you doing, man? And just trying to be a lighthouse no matter what, I think, is a very functional thing. That's for sure. Yes. Like being the positive light around is, is a, a very a very good way of going about things. Living the dream. <clears throat> Amen to that. Anyway. And you know, and, and maintaining yeah. a positive light and uh uh and doing so while walking from Wisconsin to Argentina. So that's how we led you Bike into this. Did. I used Bi- biking. Yeah. Biking. Correct. Yeah, yeah. You biked from Wisconsin yeah. to Argentina. You're not cheating by any means in that regard. 
Um, we, we led you in that way, and that's the basis of yeah. what we know about you, Matt. Um, at, like Deck yeah. mentioned, Emma Seavers challenged us to have you on, and that was the, the, the quick background she gave us, and that's all she needed to say. Uh, we, were, we were stoked yeah. when she mentioned that, so I think we should start there. Uh, when did you bike sure. from uh, Wisconsin to Argentina? I, uh, so I finished college in 2010, non-traditionally, I was 26, um, July, so I think I ended up leaving on like first, uh, July, well, I sold all my stuff after college, most everything. And then I like some stuff I put into storage. I had, I had originally had anticipated maybe going to law school or something. And as I had neared graduation, um, I was a history and political science major and I, had always worked a lot with uh, a lot of Latinos in the restaurants that I had worked in. And I, you know, Latin American history was like my focus and, and I couldn't speak the language, you know, other than like awesome restaurant terms, you know, like the kind of naughty stuff. Uh, so, so I had a, I had a really good, you know, good background as to what I was going to use when I finally made it to Mexico. But I, so I, I decided, I, I wanted to go to I want to go to Latin America and travel when I finished college and I didn't want to do it I wanted to do it in a you know in a very authentic way in the most authentic way I could and I didn't have a lot of money um, I traded a little bit during that year and I made some I had some good trades while I was sitting in college with my palm pilot um, you know early iteration of the smartphone it was crafty but like I was able to make some things happened by Chipotle and stuff. So I was like, all right, I got some cash. Like, I'm going to get out of here. Like, and so I, I did that. I sold a bunch of stuff. I bought a, a sturdy long haul trucker bicycle because I wanted to get something local. And then I, I covered it in, in tape. So it didn't have any decals or anything. So I didn't want to look like I had money. I just wanted to look like kind of a dirt ball. Um, and yeah, I told my parents I was going to go on this bicycle trip. I had a friend that actually went that I went to elementary school, junior high and high school with uh, named Quinn. Super cool guy. They played hockey together and had heard and hadn't talked to him that he had done a trip from Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, uh, down to the southern tip of South America. And it took him, he went fast. And I think it took him like 16 months or something like that. It was something really, really quick. And he, he's going to be the guy that I want to recommend you guys talk to. And there's probably a couple of others. I have really interesting critters that I know. But I had heard he had done this thing, and I was like, well, you know, I was nearing graduation, and I was like, this that sounds cool to me. So I I sent him a, an, an email, and then he wrote back to me. He's like, dude, it's the best thing I ever did. I mean, he didn't take the time to really ingest as much because he was just trying to move fast. Um, and he was raising money for macular degeneration. His grandpa had had started had suffered from it, and it was a it was a you know thing that, he, that drove him. But also, I mean, he was an adventurous cat. He was going to go do stuff no matter what. So, so yeah, I uh, I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to make it happen. So then I just I bought like a multi fuel camp stove that I could use gasoline to. Um, gasoline for my cooker so it's super simple like you could use white gas alcohol gasoline and you can get gasoline everywhere um so it was like an msr whisper light international or something and then i you know bought it i had bought a tent like the lightest tent i could find um 
racks for the front and back of the bicycle, uh, some waterproof bags, four bags, two in the front, two in the back. Uh, and then slept in my buddy's basement for a couple months, valeted a bunch, like to make some cash before I left. Went to my parents' house, hung out with them for a week, and then took off from central Wisconsin. Um, I had never been to, uh, I'm not, <laughs> not my mind, but I went across, I came back to Minneapolis from Stevens Point in a couple days. And then I headed north to Highway 2 in North Dakota, so like went through like Fargo, Moorhead and then made my way across. And it's interesting, just a degree of separation in that Emma recommended for me to be on your podcast um, on this bicycle tour in 2010 when I left, I met her boyfriend, Tim, uh, Tim Statry. Uh, during that trip, I was, I was like five days in and a friend of mine from Stevens Point, Wisconsin that I grew up with had been his coach in St. Cloud uh, for lacrosse um and he he hit me up because he knew i was doing this trip and he's like hey i got a buddy tim he lives up north there like you should go stay with him and so i spent i spent the night at tim's house sleeping in his yard we drank a bunch of beer hung out and he was about to go to south africa and like he was on his own trajectory to like adventure and uh we randomly years later, I didn't know he was in Minneapolis. I had come back after having traveled and been gone for a while. We were in a yoga class and he came in and we, were, we ended up, you know, having a bro conversation in a, in the locker room caught up. I, I invited him to go mountain biking cause I always have an extra one around and uh, we went shredding and then we became buddies. And so that, that's where like, then I met Emma and Emma's dope. And yeah, it was a, uh, kind of sweet like the way that those things kind of work out like years later by chance you know i mean hippie haired matt versus short i mean i had this crazy crazy ass hair and big jesus beard i actually used to have to pose in latin america for some for people to like stand like this with like a robe on um <laughs> <laughs> silly yeah but yeah so, it was a big so in like the earliest parts of uh getting on this process to bike um what's going through your head are you are you thinking like from the very beginning simply what if i can and is this possible oh i know wait actually is this is possible like you're like doing that kind of like train of thought through your head on repeat yeah uh You know, the way I looked at it then, and of course this is years of separation and now I'm a little bit older and I, I think of, I'm, I still would do something like this again and I'm going to, like bucket list items or, you know, I want to start in South Africa, like Cape Town to Cairo eventually. But this idea at the time was like, it was a, you know, dedicate, a big dedication of time. But then I was thinking about it like, okay, like I'm going to be gone, you know, and it's, some people look at it as like it was an escape or a vacation. Like, I don't know. I like when I, when I look back on it, I didn't realize what it was going to look like. Like in planning early on a bit of anxiety because I wasn't going to, I was going to try not to pay for places to stay very often because I didn't want to spend money on that. So I, you know, my early nights of camping were really weird and uncomfortable. And I had, I had some people that were really that, help to ease it in and make it a little bit easier but 
you know, sleeping on the side of a highway, you know, with mosquitoes and our state bird, like going after you all night, not the greatest. And then like thinking you're hearing stuff. I wasn't, I wasn't accustomed to being in, in like more semi-urban or like even rural environments, but where there's people and then hiding in a tent, which I did a lot of. That was difficult. But I was, as I was planning it, I was like, you know what? I want to do something. I want to learn Spanish. <clears throat> and I want to experience the culture when I go and visit these places. And I think the best way to do it, walking would be even more uh, in touch because you are, can move away from that mechanical object and all you need is shoes, which is awesome. And I have a story about a guy that I met who was super killer, who was doing something really awesome in South America. But I figured the bicycle, like, because I wanted to do it in around two years or less. And, and I'm, yeah, I think I, I don't know who the hell I was still like 26. I was for me at the time. I don't know. I knew what I was trying to do. I knew what I wanted to do, but I was like, Hey, I want to go and experience this thing. I want to learn a language. I want to see these places. And I want to have an early retirement for a little bit. Cause I think it's the other, that other piece. When I think about most people, <clears throat> well, the, the, just the American dream and the idea is like, all right, cool. So you, you know, you go to college and then you get a job. Then you have kids or you go to school, college, house, kids, or whatever it is, whatever mix of that is, all of those are respectable and super awesome, but that just wasn't going to fit for me. And so finishing college, I was like, all right, like, I could possibly take this path, but instead I, I, I kind of just want to be alive and I want to feel like every day is like, I mean, and it can be, it can feel like that every day anyway, which is awesome. But I think this was a nice awakening for me in that I wanted to go ride my bike, get exercise every day, you know, feel the wind through my hair, uh, meet people in, in a way like what you guys are doing with your podcast and have conversations with people in different parts of our country, heading from here to the West Coast and down, and then through the countries that I was able to visit. And that's why it ended up taking me two years. It was 20,000 miles. <clears throat> but back to the, I mean, back to the, the question, um, it was I was nervous for sure. And I knew that like my parents were nervous as hell for me. And like, they weren't that stoked that I was going to go do this, but you know, that wasn't their decision. So, <laughs> and, and they ended up embracing the heck out of it. Yeah. I love that. Um, and, and I have had that help from my friend, friend Quinn. Yeah. No, right on. I, I yeah. guess one question I had was, uh, you know, when people ask like, Oh Matt, why are you doing this? Like, and you, you've alluded to this idea of like, I wanted to experience the culture of like the Spanish culture. I wanted to learn Spanish. I wanted to kind of get away. Uh, but also like really just experience something. And you also alluded to like a mini retirement, which I love that concept, but was there something deeper down that now looking back at it, hindsight that maybe you didn't necessarily know at the time, but now looking back at it could could allude to or address um was there something deeper there or was it still seriously just like that surface level well i think it's 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 always a combination of things certainly like and i remember like at the time i had i had been in a relationship for a reasonable time span with a very lovely lovely lady um and it was 
like months before I was coming to graduation where we called it quits and moved on. So that was definitely a thing, you know, these, these emotional breaks and tendencies definitely have, uh, have something to do with everything. And then it's also just, you know, living in, in that reality at that time it was like post 2008, like that recession, recessionary period. There were, of, I mean, there, there's a quantity of opportunity, but I, of which now I, now I know, I think I know better how to jump on it. But I, I think that the reality is like, yeah, I just, I just wanted to, I just wanted to feel alive. I think there was, there was so much time. I, I, you know, I, I worked through high school to be able to try to pay for college. Um, you know, worked at a pallet shop. I was working, I worked full time at different moments during school or high school so that I could pay for college. And then I worked almost full time through university so that I, I didn't have a lot of time to myself. I think it was more like the pendulum was swung so far in one direction that I ended up swinging it in the opposite one, you know, rather than like, cause there hadn't been balance. I was working 30 to 40, 40 hours a week while I was in school full time. Um, and yeah, that, that, uh, I think there was like, it was like that gasket popped. It was like, all right, I do want to learn Spanish. I do want to feel what it is to do something like this, accomplish something and prove to myself that I could make it happen. And but I didn't have any doubt that I could. I think I was just so excited to just just prove to myself that it was something that could happen. Yeah. And I think yeah. uh, I think you're hitting home on something that I personally am experiencing right now. The idea mm-hmm. of um, that pendulum being um, so focused on your craft, so focused on like your profession and what what's happening behind the scenes with just work in general. Like that is something that just consumes mm-hmm. my brain every second of the day um at every waking hour and i there's so many points where i love it but there's not a ton of time where i'm just sitting and like experiencing my own thoughts and like embracing that just like constant moment because i'm thinking of okay this could happen next i have to be ready for it um where can Mm -hmm. i plan ahead in this area um how can i take action and move momentum in with uh date night podcast or bocella all these different ventures that back pocket productions is after and yeah i uh i think there's gonna be there's and i feel it i feel like there's gonna be a moment in the coming years where it's gonna be like fuck i need to like take some more time to myself and swing the pendulum solely not like to the extreme of two years biking from yeah wisconsin to argentina but the Mm -hmm. the knee well you don't know that i don't know that right then i (laughs) i feel that type of so declan and i are sitting here at 25 years old a year mm-hmm. before you did something um, to the extreme of biking this venture. Like, I feel like that type of adventure is calling. I don't know what it is yet, and I'm not going to mm-hmm. start guessing on what it is, but that idea of swinging the pendulum to a solo adventure, mm-hmm. because what I love about this conversation and where it's going to head is you're looking at three mm-hmm. guys who are embracing adventure every day. Um, yeah. And that, like, that's the true nature of the three of us. Um, I can confidently say that to Declan and just hearing so far your story, mm-hmm. Matt, like we are adventurers. So mm-hmm. I really, I really relate to that aspect of swinging the, the pendulum. Certainly. Yeah. And that's, and you know, what's interesting is with, so with your situation and where you guys are at, like, I mean, Declan's living in an RV and you guys, and, and you guys are trying to figure out how to make this production company work. Like there is so much potential to still be able to travel and produce what you're doing 
you know, like interesting people are having conversations in this format. You can find people all over the, you know, all over the world, you know? So there's so many evolutions that I'm sure that you guys have thought about and you guys probably talk about, but then there's, there's this other piece to the pendulum in my mind now that I've been back since, you know, I've done a number of little, like big trips, two little trips, but there's just, there's just other ways, you know, I found like for me an outlet, certain outlets that, that help to feed that gremlin, you know, like I, I, my buddy and I talked about it being our gremlin. Like, it's like, and I, I don't know what mine looked like. Have you, you guys ever seen gremlins? Oh yeah. Ugly they have like characters in each of them. And like, there's, there's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, there's like this, and it, it just like kind of wants to like reach out and be like, Ehh! you know, like we gotta do something, you know? Uh, but there's other ways to feed it. You know, it's like, it, like running is a thing that helps me taking these like weekend trips or going like just doing something crazy, you know, like flying out to some place and doing a big run or whatever, you know, it doesn't need to be multi-year adventure. I, I like multi-year adventures because even when you, cause it's interesting because when you do, And then I came back, everything had changed. But for the most part, other than living in a pandemic, like the reality is, is that like most of the time you can exit and come back. And if you keep like the strings of your, the, the people that you hold dear and love, mm. nothing, nothing has changed, you know? And there's, we're all just kind of grinding and just trying to make things work in some, some way or another, but. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, I, who knows? That might be a thing. And if if you guys decide to do any like crazy trips, um, I'd, I'd be happy to help you plan one. Yes, yeah, totally, dude. Uh, and I and I think you yeah. you're you're definitely <laughs> onto something. Um, with the aspect of like, you know, you can go anywhere in the world and be any at any time and place in a different like alone or on an adventure whatever it is it's like if you have those tight strings in your life of and connections to these people like mm-hmm. i start to realize like they're always going to be around because they want that they're the reason there's the reason there's a string there and there's a line is because you're pulling on it and so are they so like yeah there's this aspect of like and that's love right i mean mm-hmm. uh at the end of the day and and when i like i i moved out to arizona coming up almost a year ago mm-hmm. and started living in the rv and everything and like I, I'm I'm I I hear you where you're saying like there's this this idea of like adventure and and meeting new people every week and like kind of throwing yourself out there and like mm-hmm. like I'm going to San I went to San Diego a couple of weeks ago met a couple of buddies and now I'm going back uh, in two weeks and it's like cool. there there's these aspects of just like really throwing yourself into the situations and just and feeding that gremlin almost and I mm-hmm. and what's cool is like uh, being able to get that perspective from you more so but. And then seeing and seeing that bug and that itch in ourselves, and I know our listeners are much, much, much in tuned, and not in not only our listeners but also our friends. Like I have, we have a good buddy named Mark Dowdle who, uh, and you guys would vibe totally. He just ran, finished a run, uh, and Andrew was a part of it. He ran 160 miles from Duluth, Minnesota, to St. Paul, uh, for a charity in 72 and, hours. Uh, in 70 was no, it was 43 hours, right? Oh, yeah. No, it's just over 48. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. 40. Yeah. 40. It was like 43 hours. But regardless, man, it was just like 
it was it's so impressive to see that man go and he lives yeah. in a van right now hustling hustling coffee uh for busy coffee they're a great brand uh coffee he live here? company uh he yeah he lives in minnesota yeah he was actually just hanging out with tim and emma in at mount hood in oregon and uh dude's got the jesus hair he lives out of the van he, he's this is his second or third road trip out there like kids kids really doing yeah. it so um definitely going to connect you guys eventually here uh it's a no-brainer um but i guess just kind of yeah i want to go run with them yeah, yeah dude oh yeah totally um so i i guess i want to i want to kind of get some more perspective from you so like um the last thing you kind of mentioned was like your this connection with tim that you made like early on in your trip when did you really start to head south south from so i anacort is washington um i went across i actually met people who were doing like a east to west coast and west to east coast um bicycle trips and i rode with some boy scouts for a while uh there's like a couple guys that were bringing some boy scouts across from from north carolina and it was super cool there i think there was like eight of these kids and it was so fun to watch like one of their dads came out and he liked whiskey and so did i so we connected pretty well um <laughs> these kids would like go shopping for them bike and he likes to buy a watermelon and i'm like people are trying to get rid of weight and he's just like loading it up and then he beat everyone to the top and they're always they all had clip shoes so like one kid would always fall over when we got to the end of, of the day or whatever or the best spot we were stopping at but uh it was so i started in july like it was i think it was september when i got to anacortes so i was yeah i think it was september and then from there, I started heading south. Uh, I actually had rode with the Boy Scouts for a while, for, for a few weeks. And then the dad gave me one of those GPS spots to put on my bike for when I was in Latin America because I told him I was going to get rid of my um, my phone because I didn't want to have a phone when I was down there. And so I, I kept that. I ended up losing that in Argentina later on. But um I, we had a send off, had some drinks. I hung out with like all the parents that came to be there for their kids, finishing their big bike trip. It was super cool. Really positive. Uh, I mean, it was, it's awesome. Like teenagers just like crushing a cross country trip, like pretty inspirational. Um, but then I, so I started heading down the coast on my own there. Um, I ran into yeah different people doing like the uh, PCH, like the, the mm -hmm. Pacific coast highway. And it's very user-friendly for anyone who ever thinks about doing, like, a bicycle tour because there's hiker-biker sites down the whole coast where you can – it's, like, 5 It was $5 at the time, maybe $10 now, but they have showers and stuff. So I stayed at some of those. Other times I hobo-styled it and just found a beach. I always tried to find, like, free camping because, I don't know, free is better than 5 or 10 bucks, and I don't care if I smell bad. Like, so, so when – that way, San Francisco, I was about to wait for a friend who was going to come do Burning Man, but I slept next to a dump a couple nights and <laughs> wasn't really, really enjoyed it that much, so I just kept going. I did have a friend come to San Francisco, and I spent a few days there with him. We just had, like, a little, you know, party weekend and, like, goofed around and stuff, which is really fun. 
I mean, the, the PCH was a blast. Like, I rode with some some pretty cool people. There's a the guy from Tennessee and this this dude from London. We had a night. Do you want to hear about this? I don't know. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, man. Keep going. All right. So, all right. So we stayed uh, just outside of Arcata. Have you guys been to California, Arcata, or that area? Uh, not Arcata. Where's Arcata specifically? It's like central Humboldt County. <clears throat> okay. It's where like like kind of the, all the wild, crazy weed growing was happening. Mm, okay. Sweet. All right. All right. I like so, that area. Yeah, it's a good area. Uh, pretty <laughs> decent. So when I was there, uh, we like stayed at this place, um, on undisclosed place. People were there, like there to clip um, certain types of plants. And we just like set up our tents outside of it. It was really nice. Um, and so we we had gone into Arcata and it's super cool, like kind of kind of hippie, kind of fun. Had gotten some pizza. We went out with like this guy that my you know my Tennessean buddy knew, and we were like this is kind of boring going out with this couple. So like him and I decided we were going to go out, and it was like a five mile bike ride into town. So we stopped and grabbed beers and a bottle of Wild Turkey 101. That was the night. Uh, so we, I don't know, <laughs> met some people at a head shop at like two o'clock in the morning, uh, had a good time uh, hanging out with them, but then the world turned into a video game somehow. I don't know how that happened. Um, and then the next thing you know, we were, we had been biking for hours we're down these like cattle roads. And my buddy, I asked him, I'm like, hey, are we going in the right direction? Because it didn't take us this long to get here the last time. And he's like, I think, hold on. And then he showed me he had a compass on him. And I looked at it and I'm like, which way is north, dude? And he's like, that way. I'm like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so I pulled out my phone. We had been going in the wrong direction for like two hours. We were like 13 miles in the opposite direction of where we were supposed to go to get back home or back to our tents. Um, yeah, so we got home at like noon that next day, but it was really fun. Uh, got to experience oh, California the right way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What I what party. I love, yeah. What I love hearing about like these these pit stops and this journey throughout everything, <laughs> is the way you're looking at it. Is it's never about like when you get to this certain spot. Um, no. The time of everything is so irrelevant. It's all mm-hmm. about just moving in a direction. And mm-hmm. seeing what's there, who's going to be there, who can I meet, how, and how can I just embrace what's happening in this current area? And I think that's really cool. It's not an easy thing to do. You're making it sound like, uh, and I'm assuming like the listeners they're, they're they're hearing this and like, oh, this guy's just having a blast, like going left and right down this journey riding mm-hmm. his bike. But that's not an easy thing to do to like to remove time from a a pressure standpoint, from an anxiety mm-hmm. standpoint, and actually like sit in what's happening. So I give you mad props to that, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, and then there's also like, you just like, that's a good point that you're making. Like the, there's the, the other idea is that like you're on a bicycle, you have so much time where you're just riding and thinking. I I think that, you know, so 26, you know, and that's a, you guys are right at this, like in this place where, I mean, I, I, 
I thought I, I think I, I still, I think I know who I am right now, you know, but there's still like always these, there's these like layers that we're trying to understand about ourselves. And it was really good because the, the other, the other side is like, okay, so every day I'd wake up on my bicycle and then I didn't know where I was going to sleep that night. Um, and that's a little scary and you want to make sure that you're set up so you can feel comfortable in sleep because you know, the, the hard part about sleeping is, you're, you're good. We're just hitting record oh. on our cameras. Yeah. It's like you want to feel safe when you go to bed, and that provides you with the best opportunity for a full functional night of sleep. And, you know, there are plenty of times where that wasn't the case. And then there were also plenty of days where I had, you know, I had, had a hard time, you know. But, <clears throat> I mean, even just heading across through the U.S., I mean, we haven't even made it into Latin America, which was amazing. Um you know, I, I stayed at, at Wolf Point Reservation and I had, you know, one of the worst nights I've ever had in my life to the point where I even thought, like, maybe this isn't worth it. Like, and, <clears throat> but I got away and I was okay, you know. Like, it was early on in the trip. I didn't really know what was going on. Trusted the wrong people, stayed with them, they ended up having, um, like heavy drug abuse problems and like I and one had just gotten out of prison for meth distribution it was just a it was just a wild thing but it was a but I I was able to make it work and as soon as they passed out I got out of their house and biked as fast as I could even though biking as fast as you can is like you know what 18 miles an hour on a fully loaded bike like <laughs> you're not getting that far so I no, mean the the reality is like yeah it's just to that point and that like living in the moment you are there's no there was no shelter you know my shelter was a tent and that is a piece of fabric between you and and the rest of reality you know safety is safety is all kind of in your mind anyway you know yeah so no i think uh i think you're i think you're kind of touching on something interesting there because it's like it you're you're always at this like constant battle of like um battling against your own anxiety and your expectations right like you want to stay with these like um, you kind of want to be with like the boy scouts the whole time you know you're like mm-hmm. ah this is a great dose of inspiration mm-hmm. positivity good people the boy yeah. scouts you know like uh, totally. <laughs> there's there's this aspect of comfortability um and, and and your expectations being fulfilled but then you get hit with these different uh types of situations that humble you right and Mm -hmm. and there's this constant reality and nagging of like where am i going to be the next day and Mm -hmm. i always when when i'm in those situations too i always kind of realize like if i can like let go of this idea that like it's not it's not the end of the world that i just biked in the wrong direction or it's like i'll figure it out and i'm Mm -hmm. at and just kind of build that confidence is that something that like you um found yourself getting better at like you found like you weren't wake i what i'm i guess i'm asking like were you getting better at waking up every day just being like okay you know i'll figure out where i'll live tonight and like if it's not the best situation like i'll bike away when they pass out and it and it and it or like stay positive you know like i i'm gonna find the best night to stay at every time like was was those thoughts of ups and downs and lefts and rights uh in the mornings from day to day to day for the last two years like 
was that ever exhausting or was that more or was that more of a fuel source for you it, it just became like so I, that was that was the anxiety that i felt is what that was going to look like for sure <clears throat> and to be honest during that time span there were only two really <clears throat> human caused issues over two years you know and that was one of them and that was early in my trip and that was ultimately because i was you know, I, I wasn't quite, I wasn't quite as aware, you know, I think I could have smelled that situation if I had been on the road longer. And I think I was able to avoid a lot of, you know, uncomfortable or poor situations just because I had been on the road long enough. You know, I, I think I'm, I'm a pretty empathetic person. I, I, and I can, I can usually read people all right, I think. And I definitely will err on the side of not knowing anything because I don't. But there's like the, the thing that like you start to feel out situations and you, you start to see where they could possibly go and what the worst case scenario is, you know. So, yeah, I think that it, it, this, it did develop something that I don't think I really had before. I think because we're always so, you know, like it's just living day to day, like having a job having all of the social pressures that exist with being a friend, a brother, a, you know, a, a son, uh, you know, having all these like social places that sometimes, of course, like if you're off schedule and you're running late, you're going to feel more anxiety. But I think the, I think it did help like the same type of thing, as you said, with like the Boy Scouts and comfortability, like it was really nice to be with them. And when they left, I felt like, a, you know, you feel a sense of loss. It's the same thing as when you have a great weekend with people that you love, and then it, then you're like, all right, we all have to go home. And you're like, oh, it's happening too fast. We should have done three or four days this time, you know. Um, but that's always going to be the case. And there's always going to be, there's always, and that's the thing I think about this trip that really helped me at the time, is that there were always more people to love. And all people, all, all kinds of more people who are going to love on me and take me in and show me a world that I could have never expected, you know. Like I stayed with fishermen so like my entrance into Mexico, I stayed with, I stayed in Tijuana with my friend's uncle and he owned a small trucking business. He let me use his little Toyota Tacoma, like old Toyota. And I, I cruised around Tijuana for a few days, spent time with him. He took me to all like, like a pozole place, took me to have some like good food and it was awesome. And then I had to say goodbye to Alejandro and I'm like, oh, man. And it, and it was like that sense of loss again. But then it was just like the next thing, like, you know, a family catches you on the side of the road and they're like, what are you up to? You like, oh, I'm biking from Wisconsin. And they're like, hey, do you want to hang out? Like, come on over. And you're like, sweet. Yeah, sure. I'll do that. I have nothing else to do. You know? And like having that availability of time and not having to really think about like the, you know, you feel out the people and then you just go do the thing. You're living, you're living in the moment, which is very difficult to do because you know, when, when we're like right now, the way that I'm alive now, I, yeah, I live in Northeast Minneapolis. I have all these responsibilities and it's sometimes it's hard to just, even when I'm with my friends and with like these things, like there's so much pressure where I didn't have any of that. And it definitely helped to develop. I have to pay that tribute, like that trip tribute to like how I can sometimes be better because I'm still the same as everybody else. Like I get a notification on my phone and there's something in my brain that triggers and I 
oh, what's that? You know, it pulls me out of conversation and stuff. So, but it, it, it was huge. It was very helpful. Not having a phone for two years or a year and, you know, eight months was a, a really good practice in self-care for sure. Yeah, definitely has to be a breath of fresh air. Um, how many days were what did it take to get to uh, Mexico? As just a, a quick question there. So, so time spans, I do know. So down the coast, uh, man, I've done a little more homework. Um, I, so I know I flew back from Guadalajara before Christmas. Um, I, I, I think it took, you could, you could do the coast in a month. You could probably do the coast faster if you wanted to. Uh, you could a couple weeks. Um, I mean, I, you guys are a couple of fit dudes. Like I'm sure you guys could jump on bikes and do a hundred miles a day. Like, have you ever, have you guys ever biked a century or hundred miles or something? No, nothing like that. Well, you can, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> That's my perspective. I don't know. I, I, I I'd like to think I can. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do you guys play sports when you're younger or anything? We both played uh, football at uh, St. Thomas in college. Oh, right on. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you can go bike hundred miles. <laughs> you can i my roommate call uh i i have a, a roommate who he came back from salmon fishing another really interesting person um and he didn't have a gig so he had stored his stuff here i'm like well I'll just stay man like it works like easy um but this last you know this last like summer or late fall when he had gotten back the most he had ever biked was like 35 miles or something like that. I'm like, let's just go have a big day. And he's like, all right, cool. And we just made a day out of it. I think we did like 75 miles or something. And then that weekend he biked from here almost to his parents' house in central Wisconsin. So he biked over a hundred miles and he was just like, I didn't even realize I could do that. And I'm like, yeah. And now he's like out crushing miles with his buddies. Like it's, it's all just, so I don't, I don't know. If you want, are you uh, are you writing down things every day to like, just say, all right, what if I could do this? This is an adventure that I could see myself in this situation. Um, just out of curiosity, like, how do you like find that next thing? What's what's inside you that's like pushing you to, um, just stay uh, connected to being an adventure, if you will. Just to stay healthy. I don't know. I think I have sleep apnea and asthma. Uh, so I use a mouth guard because I, I, my, my buddy, actually, I, I've snored forever. And one of my friends, uh, who's a chiropractor, he came down he, really, really awesome. Another awesome dude you could talk to. He's also done some bicycle touring and he's, he's like big into like nutrition and health and a lovely human being. His name is Sam. Uh, he, he came down to ride with me for a month in Argentina and I had got, I had bought a new tent and had it sent and it, it was like a three season or four season, like really nice one. And I was like, dude, you don't have to bring a tent. You can crash with me easy. We have plenty of space has like a, you know, big porch. And after one night of him sleeping with me, he's like, dude, like I, he's like a bear just like snoring. All night. So, so I, he's like, when I got back, he's like, you need to get an oral appliance or go get a sleep study done. Cause you have sleep apnea. Um, but it's, I think it's just, I just want to, there's just so much out there. Like there's, 
doing that trip, um, I got another buddy of mine to go and do Haiti and the Dominican with me afterwards, which was like a major hobo tour. Like we didn't have anything, just a little backpack, tarp, and walked until we could find bikes. It's, it's that there's just so much in the world. The idea for me is like, I just, I just want to be alive. I want to be alive as long as I possibly can. So eight hours of sleep, Matthew Walker, why we sleep book, you know, read that. It's a good mm-hmm. thing to, mm-hmm. to do. Like, yeah, try to eat more of a plant-based diet is my idea. Although I, whatever, I don't know if that's the right thing. All these different things. I work, I, I mean, I'm a server at a steakhouse, so I, I also eat steak, <laughs> but you know, I'm just, <clears throat> I don't know. I just like to be alive and do stuff. Dude, I, and so I love can, that. Can, <clears throat> yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, so like now it's like ultra running. Like I've, I got into that when I got back. So I had a buddy who said he wanted to do a 50K in Duluth, <clears throat> the wild Duluth 50K. Um, so we did that. And I think we've done that five or six times. I, I did the Superior 100 from Gooseberry Falls to Lutzen on the Superior Hiking Trail a couple of years ago. Um, I'm going to do the Moab 200 this year with a friend of mine um, who I'm probably going to be working with very soon named Andy, who's going to be buying a tree farm or a tree nursery out in, out in New Germany from his father. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to keep trying stuff, push limits. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I, I, Emma told us you were training for the Moab two two hundred 200 or 240 or how much, yeah. I forget how many miles it is specifically, but what kind of got you into ultra running and like, is it still back to this idea of just being healthy? Yeah. Or, you know, and also the pendulum, like the pendulum. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Being a little, yeah. you had a couple nights on the couch. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things for sure. Like I, I don't know. So yeah, it's 238 miles. My, my buddy, Nick tried, tried to do it last year and he had some imbalance. He also had to have a surgery this year, which might've attributed to what, uh, to what caused him to have a hard time with it. Um, yeah, have you guys you guys heard of this David Goggins? Oh yeah, oh yeah, we know David oh, yeah. awfully well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I I I saw him walk by at the beginning of the race, and my buddy Andy and I, who we did the rim to rim to rim together, we had arrived late um, to be there as like pacers and aid for my buddy, and we had both drank like four Modelos as like when we woke up and we were just standing there and he came walking by and it felt like his eyes were burning into our soul. So I didn't say anything. I was gonna be like, Dave Goggins, you're sweet, man. You know, like inspirational. Um, <laughs> With a Modelo I in would, your hand. Yeah, yeah <laughs> real, real quick though. <laughs> With, dude, you're a total inspiration. But like, here's my, I love David Goggins. Don't get me wrong. Like hit listening to him on Rogan for the first time was like, so eye opening. And I'm like, he is, he is legitimately inspirational based on the things he's done first and foremost. And then the things he says, but like as a personality and as an actual human being, like if you're, if you see him walk by in real life and you have a beer in your hand and you're like there and you describe the situation as you thought he stared and burned a hole in your soul. Like, how is that a human? You know, like I, we're so and Andrew and I are biased, obviously in the sense of like, dude, we're all ordinary average humans who are just like, you know, walking the earth, trying to survive like all, like the next person, like, and, and we all happen to be also at the Moab 240, like, trying to be pacers or do are on our own journeys that are extraordinary. Right. Like 
I that's just something that I have a problem with is like can we can this man just be approachable? Like can can we just make have David Goggins as like a vulnerable human being who like is it can be just someone that you could come up to and be like, "Yo, David Goggins, sick yeah. dude." <laughs> I know and we we might have been able to. I don't know, I, but I did. So we 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 were there when uh Michel Greglia, I think was his last name, the guy who won it this last year. Mm-hmm. He was a, a Italian underwear model. I mean, he was a good-looking cat for sure. Like, I don't know what he's doing ultra running and not. I'm modeling underpants. Like, I'm not. I, I, I could, I could, take pictures of me in my underpants. They're not going to get anything all that great. But he was a really friendly, goofy guy, and he told me that his experience with, with Goggins was tough too. Like, he like, in his interview afterwards, he was like, "Yeah," he was like yelling at him. He's like, "Show me what you're worth," you know. And I don't think it's just a brand. I think he's just a. I think he's just a hard guy. You know, he's had some suffering. He's gone through some things, and I don't think he means to be, you know, like hurtful to anybody. And he also shared his message. And as a guy like him, like my my personal thought is that like a guy like him, who was like against doing the social media, and you know, is pretty personal, pretty maybe introverted. <clears throat> for him to even expose his life to people as, and have it be an inspirational piece. I'll take that. And, and I'll understand that, like, I don't know. I'm not that personality. And that's why, like, for me, I look at it and I'm like, I, I like hanging out. I like joking around and goofing off. And I, I definitely recharge as, as an introvert, I think, but I, but I definitely am willing to share, you know, and, and, and make people feel comfortable around me. Where, like, I think he's a little bit more abrasive of a guy. And I, it's on brand then, too. So I'm sure him with, you know, his Instagram and all the stuff that he's doing now, it's probably just part of that. Like, he can't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, he's like a yeah. machine. He's a, he's, a, he's a badass. Like, I can't, if I've ever met a badass in my life, like, or just even just, like, seen him walk by, he was just like, and I'm like, I don't want to get in his space. Like, this guy is going to go and run 240 miles. Like, for me, I'm going to go try and do it, but, like, <laughs> I might fall over sometimes, you know? I might even cry. <clears throat> I hope not. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, in, and I think David Goggins, you know, as a, as a tool of inspiration, like, you, you really just leave it at that. And, and, but I think a lot of the times... Uh, and what you're talking about is so is so pure, man. Like mm-hmm. this this aspect of just you know I'm gonna do I'm gonna try and run the Moab 240, and if I fall over and cry, that's just because I fall over and cry trying to do it. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like you're just trying to get it done, man. Like you're trying to live your life, you're trying to stay alive. If you yeah. fall over and cry, because you fall over and cry, that's just who you are. Yeah. And I think that's that transparency <clears throat> and like just that authentic true self is like. That's to me. That's what goes the distance for people, um, and that's and I'm not saying that's what people want or that's what people need. Like that's what works in today's age. It's just like that's who you are, man. Like no one should, no one should, uh, uh, no one should apologize for that. You know? Yeah. And I think on top of that, like you need the extremists of the world for you to t- be able to take away, like that middle ground. Because if there's no one pushing at that to that limit, then there's no way for you to be like, oh, I absolutely love how David Goggins has that mental flip to just go, go, go. 
that's mm-hmm. not who I am, but I can see how yeah. he does it and I'm going to do it my way. So having like yeah. that light is huge. And I'm not, I, I don't agree with like everything he does, but totally. to have yeah. him, right. And I think we're getting at this and like, you can yeah. go at it from every um, extremist out there, which is really cool. Um, he is, he is one of a kind and there's no one else like him, but no. what I can channel from what he is capable of is pretty damn cool. Yeah. I think that's the, the beauty of the, like the, the athletic endeavors. So, I mean, there's, and then there's other monsters, you know, like there's like the, and someone that I think, I, I don't know if you've ever had her, but you've heard of Courtney Dalwalter. Oh yeah. Oh, she's a badass. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And she is like, I'm a fan girl, you know, fan boy or whatever I'm going to call it. Fan boy. Like you, She's like eating nachos and drinking beers. She wears like, you know, basketball shorts and a t-shirt and she goes and crushes and she still owns the, the, the record at Moab. Like she's a beast. And that even sounded like her husband when he paced her, like it slowed things down a little bit. And like, that's amazing. Like that she could, she could go out, you know, as, you know, as a gal in the first place or as a woman in the first place. And then also like that, this is, it's cool that we're able to see, cause it's like women's finishers, men's finishers, but then ultra, it turns out like, I don't know. Like I've always thought that, you know, I, you know, you hear your mom talk about childbirth and you're like, yeah, that's probably pretty painful. I mean, I, I just watch a video of it once and I'm like, Jesus, that's, <laughs> that's disgusting, but like awesome and, and cool. Cause human life, but like, <clears throat> But like then she goes out and she talks about the pain cave and I'm like, when I'm in my pain cave, there are so many cuss words that are coming out. I'm like and then I'm like all right, uh beast mode, you know, you know <laughs> like I'm and, and I'm not gonna quit. But there's like the it's amazing that it's it's just cool to see now that there's these other events, you know, like, hey, don't worry course, about making like, noise. We're all, You're you good, know, babe. the human anatomy is different of a male and a female and then what we're able to handle. But then ultra is where like a place where like women can are overtaking men and it, it equals the playing field at like that distance. And, and then you hear her have the conversation where you hear like, you know, Goggins is a hardcore dude, but then you have like laid back, like biology teacher who, just crushes and she's just like goofy and nice and minnesota which is easy for us to understand right yeah do you have any expectations on your end for uh for the moab when you when you get there or um training for it or uh, going through this process uh i'm gonna i'm gonna finish it Uh, yeah i'm gonna finish it that's sick yeah i I don't know so i i have um so tim's the Tim and then there's a group of guys that I met. We all go to the Boundary Waters every year. We call ourselves the Bears, uh, but we all try to go out and do. We try to run. Um, so it's starting up again now, where we go run at Highland on Tuesdays. I think we're gonna start getting solid about it again early at like, you know, early in the morning, like six or six thirty. Um, and then we we try to do like hill repeats on the weekends, which are things I have to do. Uh, I I bought a sprinter van. That was for that too. Um, getting the awning tomorrow. My buddy had been living in it for the last four years, so I have a, I have my my hobo vehicle that the support crew will be able to utilize. That has a fan and a bed and 
you know, refrigerator, cooler. So plenty of beer for whoever's just hanging out. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to do it. My buddy, Andy and I, my buddy, Andy, him and I are going to try to run together because neither one of us have an expectation for time. Depending on injury is another thing too. Like I'm, I've been doing marathon Mondays for a couple of weeks and I messed up my hamstring the other day and I'm realizing like little things like mortality and, and age, you know, 37, like I, I just have to make sure I pay attention to all those little things, you know, like getting to sleep, hydrating properly, not eating like an idiot, but yeah. Right. No, that's yeah. awesome, man. And, and like, just, just from like a mental aspect, because I know that's, you know, 90 some percent of the battle here mm-hmm. is just telling yourself that you can do it and knowing that these, these peaks and valleys are part of the process. Um, like, it, we all, I feel like we always try and have this conversation of like, how, 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 like, how is this possible? Like, what does it take mentally? Like, how are you hardening your mind? If we're going to go back to the Goggins thing, like, mm-hmm. I guess what I'm really looking for with my question is just like your, when those situations come up where it's like your, your mind is saying no, like, what do you think in your own head to say yes? Is that a, I think that reminds me of like a hip hop song. It's like my mind is saying no, but my body's saying yes. That, Maybe. My Re- <laughs> remember the okay. remember right. the name. Uh, <laughs> what's the name of the song? Remember the name Fort Minor, where it's like fifty percent concentrated power of will, five percent pleasure, fifty percent pain, a hundred percent reason to remember the name. Something like that. Nice. I mean, that's definitely not the song you Why were trying you to mention. But rapping. Like, what are you? Hold dude. on, like, dude. Hold on, <laughs> hold on a second. All right. diss track. Right. Yeah. Come on. We got we got some things going on here. We got to get Declan doing some shit. He's got the name too for it. Like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I liked it. Dude, I was like poorly representing a song that I heard when I was like in middle school. Like. Don't give me the credit, you know, like that. This is just me riffing and, and, and speaking my mind uh, off of a song. I, I incor- like I literally incorrectly was like, oh, yeah, it's probably this song. And they threw it out there, said the lyrics wrong, told you what the name was. It's not impressive whatsoever. We got to move on. How about that? Because you were just <laughs> speaking them slowly. And I think that you could probably get a little flow going. So <laughs> Correct. Yeah, Whoa. no, there's no doubt about that. Don't let me get hot. Don't don't let me get hot. Don't let me get moving fast. But you're right. I, <laughs> I don't know I'll, where we were. I'm sorry. I was I'll, distracted. No, 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 dude. Hey, I will, I will stop rapping. Uh, but I, I'm seriously curious, like, what, what is – what is this my mental because as i start to meet these new people who are just doing like these crazy things like a lot of it is just like when you get punched or if something's coming at you and and it it just sucks in your brain it, your body's already weak like what what's the thing that you tell yourself to just totally counteract it and 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 tell yourself like we're going to keep moving forward like i just want you kind of explain that a little bit because i think it's so fascinating for every individual who does it I mean, how many things do you do every day that feels like that? That's what I'm saying. 
Like that's that's the I. <sighs> All right. So I think if it's if it's the Moab, it's what I want to do, and I remind myself that it's what I want to do. I, I'm I'm running, and it's beautiful trail running. Like I'm going to be able to experience you know 238 miles of southern Utah. It's gorgeous down there. I love it so much. And, you know, the overnight is going to be really hard. But I'm going to have friends out there who are going to come and pace me. That, And as whoever wants to. I mean, if for any reason you guys decided you want to come down and run around on the Moab for a little bit, I am truly inviting you. Like, it's it's like the opportunity. That, that's an opportunity. I get to go do something that is weird stupid fun but it's beautiful and it's something that i get to i get to encounter all of it i'm gonna hallucinate probably um but i'm gonna accomplish a thing and i'm gonna accomplish it with a friend a person that i really care for deeply some that i find to be a, a very great part of my life you know it's the it's the other thing it's like challenges that we're facing you guys are about you guys are on the cusp of starting something new and you're going to have so much difficulty i'm sure you're going to have all these little you know things that you're going to have to leap over and figure out but what's the you know what's the the cost is that it's going to be hard but nothing usually that is worthwhile isn't hard you know like for the most part like everything that i've i've been able to accomplish i've done you know because i i'm fortunate you know i'm fortunate because i live in the united states um, and all those like i can come down to whatever level we need to to like say like you know i'm a white guy and everything else but like i have worked my i worked my ass off for to be alive and and i if it's something that i want to do I'm, i want to i want to go do it you know i want to try it if it's not going to hurt anybody else and it can be it can be a thing that like proves to myself like the moab it's just a run, you know, I'm going to take a really long run. And when it's all said and done, I'm going to prove myself that that is something I can, I can do. And then I can, I can take that into my norm, my regular life. And I can, it gives me that strength that gives me that positivity and sense of mind that aids me in everything else that I need to do. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go through some shit every now and then you know i'm going to have this party that's going to treat me like shit at work or but i'm but i'm going to try new things and i'm going to push and learn and continue to try to get better like i trade stocks too and that's something that this year has been a focus because i was furloughed a fair amount and it has been it's been a good year like and confidence building um so i think these physical endeavors basically are a way to put yourself through the, you know, to go into the trenches, to like face your shit, to deal with all the things that are stuck in your brain. Like I look at yoga, I go to yoga as much as I can now that it's reopened. And I was trying to practice here at my house as like floss for your body and like some floss for your mind, you know, but the other piece for me is running helps a lot. Um, and then just having good friends and good people in my life that I can actually have real meaningful conversations with, you know, where there's no, there's, there's no barrier, you know, where you can actually like 
bury yourself and have conversations like what you guys are are doing with your podcast or trying to do here, you know, you know, the idea that the conversation I think we just had about like the David Goggins thing is that like vulnerability is a, is a very positive thing. Um, and so for me, it's like <clears throat> my physical body can do stuff. I know it can still. And so I, I'm going to go out and do those things. And if, if it hurts and it starts to suck really bad, well, I don't know. I can dig in to think about all the other things that I've had to deal with in my life that sucked worse, you know, and just realize that I'm doing something that I want to do. And if it's something that I don't want to do, well, it's going to end eventually, you know, like totally. I've been at work with one of my buddies that I trail run with. And like, he's like, dude, I, I would rather be running a hundred right now. And I'm like, yeah, me too. For sure. <laughs> like, like that would hurt and it would suck. But then there are certain social, you know, constructs or moments and commitments that you're, you know, availing yourself to that, that are maybe worse than running for 30 hours, you know, mm-hmm. where like, you're like, oh, this 20 minutes, <laughs> what, I'd rather have 30 miles, 30, 30 plus hours on this. I think it took me 34 hours to do the hundred, something like that on the spear hiking trail. Like, and that was beautiful. Like. I messed up my hip really bad and couldn't run for a few months afterwards, but like I would have done the second half where my hip hurt versus some other things that I have to do, but you just get, you just get through stuff. Just make it work. Yeah. I think I'm trying just by trying. And I think what's like exciting me from that end of what you're sharing is the ability to like compartmentalize perspective and take and draw from different experiences and implement it across the board and want to push yourself to extremes so that you can use that physical extremes so that you can use that in so many different situations. And I think mm-hmm. um, that's opening my eyes to something that like I haven't experienced in a while. Um, mm-hmm. We meant Declan and I mentioned that we played football at St. Thomas and mm-hmm. that program itself was a like a mental grind, but also pushed you to physical limits daily that I overcame and Declan overcame that like taught us to feel like we were superheroes, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like that aspect was so challenging that I use that in several and throughout my day, throughout totally. my life and I use that all the time. But I haven't done it recently. Three years mm-hmm. removed from the program, three years plus. I mm-hmm. don't think I've challenged myself enough physically to draw back mm-hmm. in that experience. And Isn't I'm, that an I'm, interesting I mean, perspective? Yeah. Yes. And it, that's exciting like, me. Like, I'm, I'm looking now, like, okay, I want to push myself physically to re-tap into that, to then draw yeah. back and use it a week from now, a month from now, and be like, okay, mm-hmm. I did that for four mm-hmm. days. Okay, I, I, I remember how it feels. I remember, like, that low point and then that ability to be like, dude, you're all right. It's yeah. okay. Totally. everything is fine you you're in some serious pain like but it's mm-hmm. okay like you can take yeah. that next step um that's really dope i appreciate that yeah it's definitely like when you think about that time span that's a confidence is going to be high you're suffering you're working hard to make sure that you're ready for game day you're trying to make sure that like and, and you're balancing everything and when you know like it's it's easy to kind of let go of some of that stuff and that's i think it's, it's all these little pieces of life like that. I, I know that I suffer at some of them and I know that I'm always imbalanced a little bit, but like there's, it's like the physical part of it does help a lot for me. 
And if you guys are football players, there's a good chance that it, you understand, you, like you just said, you understand the benefit. Absolutely. And if, so you just find those next challenges or find like the routine that works to make sure that you can exert that energy and, and show yourself like, all right, cool. Like I'm good here. And, and it's, you know, it's like that whole idea that everyone says like sound body, sound mind, you know, like we're all trying to make sure we keep that going. You know Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think sometimes too, is like the challenge. Like I look at, I look at like your normal lifestyle is like the sine wave, you know, like where it has a certain bound. It will never, Mm -hmm. it will never amplify and get bigger and bigger and you get out of, out of, out of tune. You're always going to, your, your limits are minus one and plus one, minus one Mm -hmm. and plus one, minus one. Like, and, and you can live like that forever if you really wanted to like go to work go to bed go to work go to bed mm-hmm. like hang out with friends on the weekend and the same people we hang out with all the time then like get drunk on saturday come back mm-hmm. up on sunday go back to work go like there's these there's this this it's not necessarily a rat race it's just like a, it's a level of comfortability of mm-hmm. highs and lows that you can mm-hmm. you can live yourself live with yourself but like there's also this aspect and i think uh it's something that we're touching on is like there's always if we're if we kind of pick our heads up a little bit and we look around be like okay wait a second like I want to challenge myself first and foremost I think that's an important thing um, well what else is out there and and so sometimes you need people to show you the different challenges mm-hmm. uh, to help you kind of pick your head up for you like oh wow there's like there's this ice bath thing you can jo- jump in the lake mm-hmm. uh, at Cedar Lake and like in yeah. uptown Minneapolis and fucking jump in with a bunch of people like that's mm-hmm. nuts like okay let me try that that's tough or totally. um you've have friends like mark dowdle who are running these crazy distances that you never thought were possible and now that motivates you to run a 5k i want to run with them um, by the way i really hope that i get to meet up with them go for a boogie yeah dude oh that's, that's sick. we'll put we'll put you in yeah. we're a group text away from you guys having something so like cool. that's a shoe in that's mm-hmm. a shoe yeah total shoe in um yeah it's a it's it's a total you got to do it It, it's gonna happen but like little little mandate and yeah exactly he's gonna walk into this mustache dude and you're gonna walk into his hair so it's gonna be kind of crazy um but there's this just this aspect of like you can you can put yourself out of that comfort zone and 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 you're you're gonna like enter a different mind state and just like once you do it a couple times and you and you find like some joy from it or an accomplishment or you just like you physically just do the thing you didn't think you were able to do like you st- I, I think you start to get a little bit addicted to it and and it helps you kind of be aware for the next challenge the next thing the next adventure uh and, and it's just a constant cycle and i think that just i wish that on everybody like if there's that one thing that you have that you've been putting off forever or or you just something comes in and into your opportunity window that you can take advantage of. Like my one wish is for everyone to just simply take it because it's so important to challenge yourself. And I think, um, what you said earlier about this idea of just, you want to do it. And like, if I'm in the mind space of like, I showed up because I wanted to, like, you're going to, you're, you're going to find a way somehow mentally, uh, in your own way to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, literally that's all I want from people. And, that's what I love about like what you're doing uh, and what you've have done. And it's just so that's why I love these types of conversations because they're so uh, they're so fruitful. And it's just like this aspect of like, it gives you perspective of like, oh, okay, if this guy can like off a whim, go bike down to Argentina and survive, 
or if this guy just wants to go and run the Moab, like, well, what do I want to do? You know, mm-hmm. like it just it, asking the question is the first step. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and alleviating excuses. Like there's always going to be an excuse. Like it's so easy to just, to say no, because you have all this stuff going on, you know, like, it's not like when I left, it didn't leave, you know, a small hole in my family. It's not like when I left on a bicycle trip that I was less available as an older brother, you know, to two siblings, you know, there's, there's all these things exist, but you need to be true to yourself. And I think that's the same thing with anything you do, you know, like maybe this, like working into this production company or like whatever it is that you want to want to do with yourself, you need to have those conversations. And that's very difficult to quiet that noise. And and if you can find a way to do it, and I find solace in running, in yoga, in bicycling, you know, or, you know, a breathing practice, if people aren't active in that format, it's, it's really, I think it's really hard for people today. And I, maybe I'm wrong, but like to a lot of, a lot of people have kind of forgotten who their true selves are. And hopefully this this last year has proven fruitful and it seems like it may have there's been a return to nature which apparently changes your microbiome by walking through the woods doing some forest bathing as my buddy reminded me the other day you know like that actually breathing in good fresh air is functional and being in nature like there's to find to be in touch with yourself and and then and then have that conversation look at the features and benefits look at what the challenges might be. But then also know that like, you're only gonna be alive for a while, you know, and you don't know how long that's gonna be. And if you can still be a functional friend and partner, whatever it is like that is going to maybe suffer a little bit because you're gonna be imbalanced by doing something that you really want to do. I don't know, sometimes the safe choice is the wrong choice, I think, I don't know. like. Some of the safe choice is the right choice, but I think that like, if if you if you have uh, not to not to just live for your desires, but you have to actually fucking be alive, you know, like if if there's something you want to do and it's not going to hurt other people, maybe your training is going to be unfortunate. You're going to maybe be a little bit off, or if it's not training, like if you want to. If you, if you believe you're a good artist and you have the feedback of other people, then fucking try. Because to think like later on, what's the real cost? You know, like there's there's a lot of things. Like, I mean, if someone who has two kids, a single mom, that's a different story. Or like all the different possibilities. But chances, like I've... I've met people in my, like, I mean, that's one thing that was, has been beneficial about traveling and just like, or working as a server or whatever. And like always being in contact with people is that people can overcome things. And, you know, I can go do these things, but there are people who are doing shit. That's way fucking harder than what I'm doing. You know, like I, I, I think, I think about like healthcare workers right now, like, come on, kidding me like that this has been an incredible year. I remember I met a woman the other day who she was at one of the nursing homes that was in the news, international news, because they had so many people pass away They They couldn't have their kid. They, 
they, these people died with nurses holding their hands. And she was like a PT. She was like a PT there. She wasn't even a nurse. And she had to go in there and be with people at the end. You know, like, you're not capable of, of doing that thing you want to do. Like, you are. We're capable of, like, being there for each other. We're capable of suffering through things. We can, we can do some stuff. Yeah. I'm ranting. Yeah, man, that just is all good, though. That is awesome. I I genuinely can't remember the last podcast we've had that has that you that has challenged us to think in this way, but also just like reinforced what we've been after for four years in in a multitude of versions. Um, it's that that is just it's just clean and concise and true, and the idea of um, being comfortable in the uncomfortable and and being willing to to suffer a little bit to then see what could come next Mm -hmm. um it's an everyday thing and it can come in so many varieties but uh it's so fun to put ourselves in that position daily and see what comes next because what we don't we don't actually know but we know that we can try and we can move forward and have a ton of fun doing it and uh, we get a little bit better at it each time we go through it. Um, and we actually ask this question to every single guest. Um, what's your average quality? I think one of Declan and I's average qualities is, you know, moving the needle at times uh, mm-hmm. because we are, you know, in two separate locations now. And there's so many different versions making money with back pocket. That's an average quality. But uh <laughs> We're a production company. We love anybody to produce a podcast. Yeah, we're a production company. We'll produce your podcast. We love to float that one out there. Yeah, but it's an average quality. Like it's something we're trying to get better at each day. And I'd like to ask you, Matt, uh, what's something that you're trying to get better at at each day that uh, you consider an average quality of yours? Everything, man. Everything. I. I think I'm pretty good with people, but I also know that I have oversight. I I think I'm a good brother, but I also know that I'm not as available as I should be sometimes. I think that I can be a good son, but I'm not always there. I know that, like, I'm trying to get better at everything. I can't, like, I'm I'm incredibly imperfect. And I'm trying, like, I... I think that's why I do some some wilder things once in a while because I I want to push. But I know that there's always imbalance, and I, I you know I'd like to make sure that I'm I'm nursing every part of my life. I think so. So growth, if if it's just like pinpoint, like you know a, a simple thing like you like or saying like I need to be better at time management. <laughs> that's something for sure. If I could take the block schedule that I've learned about and utilize it properly. That'd be helpful. Instead, I just have like notebooks of stuff and I have my planner and I still write it down and I have my Google calendar. Um, managing time would be better because, you know, that's, that's like the, the finite thing that we have. Like there's other things that are finite for sure, but time and making sure that I'm utilizing it the best way I can, because, you know, I like, I get to have a conversation with you guys right now. This is wonderful. Um, but like, there's times like where you have to weigh things out and figure out which one is going to be the thing you have to do or thing you should do 
or and I think sometimes I'm I'm not as good at that as I should be. So so I think time management is something and and everything else. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, doesn't it? I mean, it makes sense, right? How time management feeds into everything else because you're trying to fit everything else into the time. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I wrote about this the other day, but um, I'll share it here too. And it's this idea. I, I met this guy over the weekend who um, he, and it goes back to this mental toughness thing. And I, I would love for him to share this on the podcast one day. But it's a Canadian guy I work with, and he had uh, a stomach issue. You know, just like something that was nagging at him every time he'd eat and he just like he would have some force punch him this way but he'd punch back exactly the other way and just taught his brain how to fight it every single day and did it for so so many years that you know it actually affected his uh his his blood and and how his uh how how fruitful his blood actually was and he went in to get a blood test one day just because he was feeling sick or whatever you know went in got the blood test and left and was you know walking around hanging out with friends one day and he gets a call and they told him, hey, you have to sit down right away. 911's coming your way. Like, we cannot believe th- that you're still alive right now. And so fast forward to him being in the hospital and them showing him his blood. And I can't remember the specific details. But anyways, they showed him a normal vial of blood. It looked red. It was normal. And they showed him his blood. And it was incredibly diluted. Uh, and they were like, look, dude, somehow, somehow your body has been forcing just water into your blood uh, to keep you alive for probably what we think is two and a half years. Um, and we need to do a trans- an immediate emergency transfusion to get yourself back in order. So anyways, you had this big recovery story. But, like, he he describes the situation, and I'll never forget this. And it was just like, he goes, dude, you time is a linear scale. You have a start time that you're given, and you have an end time that's unknown. You'll never know when that time ends. And when you get a scare or when something happens to a buddy or if something happens in your own life where you feel like that time scale was shortened quicker than you thought, you start to realize this one thing. And it's the fact that you have to make the most of every single second, every single minute, every single moment in time that you have on this earth. And I think it's exactly what you're describing is like, obviously, time management is a big aspect when you look at it that way. How am I making the most of each second of every single day? And if the cords plug unplugged tomorrow and you, the lights go out upstairs and you're done for whatever reason, what did you leave behind or what, what potential are you leaving on the table? And so I think when I think of this time management thing, it's like, dude, we're all trying to do all the things all the time. We can't simply, we, we can never manage that sometimes, especially when we're super passionate about things we want to do. I run into this situation all the time. Andrew does, and I'm, and you've obviously shared that here today too. So it's like, I think there's an aspect of balance, right? This aspect of just being, just living, and just being the best version of yourself every single day, putting that best step forward. If you don't get all the things do, done the way you wanted to, or you mismanage your time because you spent too much time doing one thing or the other, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to just be fortunate for the fact that like, I got, I got that time in today and I'm going to work on getting it into, into the next day. So just kind of that constant reminder, I guess, of gratitude and obviously focusing on the efficiency of the entire process that, that will alleviate some anxiety down the road. But like, dude, it's, it was just really cool and obviously humbling to hear an experience like that where it's like, Oh man, like, yeah, my time is very important, but I'm also like asking myself, like, not only how am I spending my time, but like, also what does that time truly mean to me in my life right now? 
Yeah, and that is, and it's a very humbling idea because as you're trying to do all of these things that exist, you also are attuned to the people that are in your life and you need to make sure that you are, you know, touching those strings and making sure that you're nurturing the people that need to be nurtured in your life as well. And as they're nurturing you as well, you know, like it's, it's just this, it's, it's just this balance and you said it, it's, it's balance. It's trying to find that balance and then still also trying, like making sure that you're striving and growing because I, you know, the greater society needs us to strive. Like it needs us to shine our light in some format or another, I think. And I think that we're on the same page in this idea that like, <clears throat> be your best true self and, and then, you know, when you can give more than that even, and go ahead and, and get after it, you know. But yeah, I, that's that is a that is a very interesting experience. I I've met people like this too who you know, they shift your perspective. You know, it's like the the idea. Like my friend Nate that I rode with in Haiti, he told me his grandpa was his idol, and you know the one thing he the one piece of advice he was willing to actually tell him that he was going to give him was like just be nice to everybody you can sleep well at night and it's that, that's simple it's like just, just love people be nice to them and you know because it doesn't really pay to push back it doesn't really unless you know there's times but the reality is you just treat people with kindness and respect all the time and i don't know i don't know if the karma thing is real or not like i don't i don't have any like higher belief in some format like that but i think that you keep putting out good energy usually it it, it works i mean two years on a bicycle that's what I did and worked out fine for me and I grew a lot from it people treated me with a lot of kindness and respect along the way and it still works today like you know there's always going to be outliers there's always going to be situations but if that outlier situation happens and you know I'm cooked tomorrow and the time's up like at least I was being good to people you know like that's i think it's that like that's simple like live the way you want to live try not to you know like we all have regrets and we all have like little ones but you learn from and you move from you know you keep going down that road because there's nothing else you can do i've had yeah yeah and i i i resonate that in the degree like Right now, Declan and I are building uh, a team of people around us that hopefully can help us move the needle in a way that wouldn't be possible if it was just Declan and I. And the, the, really the only way that I know how to be a leader is to pour into someone, to show them that, I, that you're heard, that you're valued, and that I want you to get the most out of this opportunity. I struggle at times to give that pushback to really stand up for like, okay, I really need this out of you to move the needle because I think about them too much in that situation. But there are so many, like there's been so much um, reciprocal altruism, uh, as my boss would say, that has come from that, of me just being genuinely um, like transparent and authentic and like kind to them, where they are then pouring back into the business in a way that I didn't think possible because we can't pay people in the way that they probably deserve to be paid because mm -hmm. of what, where we're at. So our, our way is just like, give value, get value. 
give value, get value. And uh, it's crazy how these things evolve. It's never in a timely fashion. It, it's, it's more so just like habitual in the moment type situations six months down the line, then it works out and someone will like reach out and be like, oh, that was really cool. Uh, and I have a great instance like uh, uh, Cole Herzman from Hive Apparel, who we had on our show. I'm going to shout him out. I'm not sure if he's listening right now, but we had him on our show two years ago. And uh, I just was I just got off the phone with him about an hour ago, right before this conversation. And I want to start a merchandise line for Straight Candid. And I reached out to him because I know he's got a great um, production company up in Duluth that does screen printing and things that we might need. And I haven't talked to him in two years. And I called him on the phone and gave him the situation. And there couldn't have been more like on the same level um, what we could like how we could help each other. It was just so genuine. Like, I want to help you. You want to help me. And we can like take this thing to the moon. And it's only because he he said on the in the conversation, he's like, Andrew, I just love how you guys tell stories. I love how you guys tell stories and I need that. I need more of that in this world. So I'm going to help you in this situation. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I haven't talked to you in two years and you still remember that conversation that we had sitting in our studio. And that's why you want to help me today. Uh, and I think that's pretty, pretty awesome. And I'm sitting here at 25 doing this every week. And it's hard to see it because it's. It's hard to see the value time and time again because this is this is a daily grind, but uh, um, it just comes back around and it's pretty pretty beautiful when it does. And we've been able, I, I gen, like the three of us have been able to see it in so many different situations. And we're sitting here on a on a Tuesday at nine o'clock Central Time. Decky's fortunate enough to be seven o'clock his time or six forty-five, <laughs> and we're just generally yeah. having a conversation about what it is to live. Yeah, and hanging out, fucking cool. Yeah, it's all right. It ain't bad. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> salud. I wish I, was, I wish I was sitting in a cooler chair, but I was, yeah, salud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's and it's one of those things too where it's like it's it's cool to have these conversations cuz they're like good reminders of the fact that like um technology has your back to a certain degree. Like obviously if we we're all sitting where Andrew's sitting cuz like Hate to break the news to you, but I also have one of those chairs. And if you were in the studio with us, <laughs> you would also have one of those couches. Yeah. And you'd be able to sprawl out there in the studio up there on the third floor in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. But uh, and, it, and it's tough to, to say those moments of, like, what if. Um, but he also just got to, like, accept it for what it is yeah, and just understand, good. like, this is just a this is a moment. This is just a moment in time. And it's like uh the, the the genuine invite you threw out about moab it's like well i'm though, considering I'm, not, it. I'm a chip i'm like i'm a chipping a pup from moab you should come out yeah when is it by the way just logistically october 6th i think oh okay. 6th to so the 11th time on that. yeah and i'll have six to my 11. buddy and i are gonna get it i think we're gonna get two campsites at the place where it starts and finishes and it's funny because like though you guys know about it like going out there when we when we did most people that are there are like ATVing and like mountain biking and stuff. And it was a blip on the radar. There's just, it's such a small thing. I mean, it's gotten bigger and I, I don't know what the entry amount is, but of people, but it's a cool little spot. Like the, where we had our campsite, they had a, and it, it was, you know, it's like a commercial campsite, like RV park type thing, but they had a, you know, a pool and a hot tub and showers and stuff. So, for the whatever the support crew is or people who just want to be out there because because moab is sweet 
fun little bars, nice restaurants. I mean, it's it's like a dirty Sedona is the way I think about it, which fits me a lot better because, I don't know, I'm maybe a little dirty. <laughs> so the dirtier the better, they say. Yeah, I think so. But it's it's uh it's great. There's so much to do out there. There's tons of hiking and stuff. It's beautiful. So yeah, I mean if you guys seriously yeah. come on out. Like and if you want to come out and pace for a while or if you just want to come out and hang out. Like there's gonna be a group of, of goons, you know guys like Yeah, a, we'll fit right in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. I'm not worried about that. I, yeah. I I would definitely like to challenge myself a little bit. Yeah. Suffer out there doing a little pace. Yeah. Um I'll leave, I'll leave more of the actual pacing to Mark Dowdle again, bring mm-hmm. him up, bringing him up, because I know he's, he'll probably be listening in Texas, like, mm-hmm. October 6th, I'm there, you know, like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I think that, dude, I think it's just, I think it's just badass, and I think, um, like Andrew said, there's always, like, these random reminders of, like, um, you know, not only are there mental attributes or, or different um, ex- life experiences that you have in your back pocket, but there's like physical people in your back pocket that never leave. And it, mm-hmm. and it happens because you just like genuinely impact others. You're, gen- you're, you're, you're being kind to them. You're mm-hmm. just like giving them the time of day where it's like we're just genuinely interested in you and got a cool connection and and we set the top, we set the time up because we wanted the opportunity mm-hmm. um and i think that's just some badass so um going off that i guess uh we because we always ask this and I'm, we're always just genuinely curious like what what is in your back pocket and you know i described a, a, a fi- andrew described a physical person of cole airsman um and we have talked about you know this mental attribute of like you know how you battle things when you're in tough situations but like Take it how you want. What is a thing in your back pocket that you're using right now, uh, or that you remember or can recall upon, or you know something, something I guess in your in your back pocket? What would that be? Uh, you know, it's just, it's just something as simple as like you know I like I told you guys I, I worked my ass off to go to college. Uh, didn't have a lot of money growing up a ton of love in my house um my mom and dad are incredible people and i think there's like i think that's that's like one of those things that just always sticks with you just the like love and care of people and and fortunately as time has gone on i've nurtured and catered incredible friendships like you know i told you about my roommate call who stays with me and he sticks around he helps me with projects we do stuff super awesome dude my buddy nate who ended up bike touring with me and then ended up doing his own latin america tour afterwards i mean i have my my friend paul and his his wife alexa who is an er doctor at denver health like i get to hear her story still she's unbelievable and he is unreal like one of the most capable people that i know my brother austin who works for google x or well now he's doing other stuff he's just doing everything he's just the most intelligent person I've ever met in my life. I have like, and, and one of the most loving in my, like I have so many people in my life that, that are there for me when I need them. And I think they give me more than I can even provide for them. But it's a, uh, my back pocket is full. I have, I, I think both of my back pockets are full. I can't, I can't be more grateful for the life that I have and for the people that I have in my life. You know, we talk about Tim and Emma, I talk about my buddy Andy my family, my friends, and just this opportunity to hang out with you guys and like think about like the potential. Like Andrew, we should go running at Highland one of these days. 
whether or not you've been running lately, we can we can do some challenges if that's what you're looking for. We can go do a you know twenty miles of hill repeats, walk up, run down, whatever. But I have I, I have I, my life is is overflowing with love and goodness, and when things are tough, because they always are, and you know we're talking about all these positive things that exist. There's there are so many roadblocks. There's so yeah, so many speed bumps that we all run into and it to give credence to all of those things I could have those conversations too and the difficulties that I've experienced through like losing friends and losing people in my life uh, I'm it reminds you those are those are losses but reminders as to how much I have so in my back pocket all the time I have I mean I have buddies I have family I have people that that love me that are going to be there for me if I need them like it doesn't get any better than that I think mm-hmm. anyway maybe it does <laughs> that's that's a good great way of looking at it and uh yeah. and, and challenge accepted from the front of we are going to be running around town we're just gonna awesome. we're gonna be doing something <laughs> we're yeah, gonna be challenging running. ourselves or I'm biking gonna be, I'm just biking I'm gonna follow you and I'm gonna be tired but I'm gonna have a blast oh. doing it no so run side by side I don't need yes. it I have a so I have a buddy. A few weeks ago, little story. He is a my friend Ryan. Uh, he's a sous chef at the Capitol Grill where I work, which I wasn't going to expose too much, but whatever. Cares. Ryan, dude, dude's great, and he. I mean, his story. I, I got to know him years and years ago when he started, and he was a big boy. I mean, he's a tall, tall guy, and he was pretty heavy, and he like just force of mind. I mean, the guy has been through his own stuff, like. But so he, he lost a ton of weight through like focus and putting in the time and setting up his schedule, getting into like yoga and working out in his own way. And so the other day, my buddy and I, who, you know, run our ultra distances or whatever, we're like, Hey man, we're going to do a marathon Monday for my, cause it was my birthday. I turned 37 on the 3rd of March. And we're like, Ryan, you should come out and run with us. Cause he'd been doing like three, four miles. And he had mentioned to me at one day, he's like, what should I plan on being like a goal for the year? And I'm like, dude, just do a marathon, October, do the twin cities. If it happens, otherwise I'll go running with you. And he's like, all right, that's a lot. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is. He's like, all right, I'll do it. I'm like, sick, sweet. He just committed to a marathon. So I started telling people around the restaurant and like, it's, it's him. This is the guy. And, and so we're like, my buddy, Chris and I were like, Hey, uh, Ryan, we're going to go running, do the Monday marathon. Do you want to come out and run some miles with us? And he's like, yeah, I'll probably do like five, you know, five, six. Like, And so he showed up. We all met at Theodore Worth, and it's just this daily thing. It was just a few weeks ago. So he he shows up, and he's like, hey, and we're like five or six. He's like, you know what, I'll do like nine. I'll do like nine miles with you guys. And so he just ran, you know, even pace nine, 10 minute miles, just kept it going. We ran around like Grand Cedar Lake aisles, kind of worked our way toward that, but and, and I miscalculated and then it was going to end up being more than nine miles. And I was like, Hey, you know, you're pretty close to a half marathon. You might as well get it. Get half marathon. And, and he's like, shit, yeah, I'm going to get a half marathon. And so we, so we did like 14 miles and we stopped back at the car. I have, I, we all had snacks and water and stuff. And we're like, you know, if you go out and do the rest of it with us, like we're going to get burgers and beers. And he's, and he like, he's like, I don't know, maybe. And then he's like, 
yeah, let's just do it. And so he ran a marathon of those. We ended up doing like 28 miles or something. And off the couch, you know, off the couch, still had been doing the things, had the force of mind and just did it. And then the next week I was like, I'm going to do it again. He came out, we did 28 and a half miles next week and he fucking did it. You know, it's like that. Well, he's a badass. By the way, Ryan, badass. but it's just that kind of thing. Like these people that can inspire you all the time in every different instance. It's not just these physical things that I'm talking about, but it's like, you know, just how incredible someone can, can be in every aspect. Like my, I don't know. That was just a story I want to tell. Because I, I thought that was sick. Like, just these little things, you know. My buddy Call, who bikes 70 miles, and then he does 130 or 40 miles the next next week. He's like, oh, well, I was capable of that. I can do that, you know. Or, like, you know, and, that, and it carries over. Like, you know, he's applying and thinking about the way he's going to work toward his next job. And I don't know. It's just a... Uh, shining our light being inspirations trying to be good people and you know and it's, it's changed my life like having these people like the 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 difference like you were talking about like by loving on people or like pouring into people you get so much more back from people when you do that and you don't even do it for that reason but when we all actually care for one another and treat each other with love isn't that simple like the golden rule turns out it works out all right you know, it doesn't always work out all right, but it does a lot of the time. And I'd rather just do that anyway, because, I don't know, being a shithead sucks. Like, yes. <laughs> the guy who's bitching and ruins a room sucks, too, you know? Totally. Yeah. I think, dude, I think that's awesome. Like, I think it, it's such a pure, uh, finite uh, just special energy that someone can give you by just being the best version of themselves. Totally. Like Ryan, Ryan just like saying he can do it and does it and then some, and then comes back and does it again. Like you're, you'll be, you're telling that story. Cause it's just like, it's, it's fucking inspiring. awesome. It's like that's sick. rock. Yeah. It's the coolest shit ever. Like yeah. you, you want to say it because it's, it's that cool. Yeah. And it was, and it probably felt even better than how you're saying it. Cause it, I mean, it fires me up and like, talking about call doing the same same thing in a different mm-hmm. aspect um those dude that's pure that's that's pure bliss right there man like yeah. there's really nothing that can replace that that's not a cup of coffee that's that's pure energy from another human mm-hmm. that just transplanted it right into you so like that that's cool shit man like thanks up, for man. sharing that yeah it's pushing people yeah. off it's the same thing like you just you have friends you want them to be the best they can be. You want them to get that fucking job they want. You want them to make the right trades. You want them to fucking take that trip that they've been dreaming of forever. You know, you want them to have like shine their fucking light. We want everyone to do that. But like when you're close to someone, you're just like, Hey buddy, like, come on, man. Like you can do it. You you can do it, man. Like, or we all, we all kind of need those types of people. Honey, yeah, yeah you gotta. Yeah, there's, yeah. You, you approach it differently with other people, and with right? Friends. I think. Yeah, and friends, like I have totally even even like I have exes, like, and I and I'm like push them, like, I, and we are first still friends or like you know girlfriends. Any 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 of my friends, any of the people that I'm around in my life, I'm like, fuck yeah, like what? Are you gonna go hiking? Like, how far did you want to go? You're gonna do that thing? Then yeah, do it. Just do it, and send me pictures. You know, 
Because you can. Totally. And you'll feel so good when you do it. Or you take that chance and do that interview that feels so nerve-wracking. Go do it. (laughs) There you go. Here we are. Here it's we that are. challenge aspect. It's that pushing yourself forward and and accepting that challenge and being like, all right, I don't know really what's to come, but I mm-hmm. am willing to take that leap and say yes. And I'd like to ask you, Matt, yeah. um, we want to say yes to someone inside your circle, someone that you think we should have on this show, because that's how the back pocket operates. Emma Seavers mm-hmm. was awesome. And we thank her so much for challenging us to have you on the show. Um, and that's just going to lead us to the next person. So is there anyone else you think would, uh, would be a great fit for the back pocket? So many people. I even wrote like a couple people down. Um, I mean, like, and and you guys talk to people from all different backgrounds. If you want to. So one person. You can have you can, a, have a you can text us later, yeah, and we're, we're challenged. Okay. It doesn't really matter who you say. <laughs> yeah. It's right. this is a no pressure question, okay. honestly. Well, then I'll, I'll say. Well, yeah, I we'll have conversations when, I'm, when we're running. Uh, but uh, so, my friend Nick Jones, he is the he's a lighthouse. He he can't not be a lighthouse all the time. Um, fly fisherman, guy's ridiculous. My brother Austin, who is is a badass, like he's mental, you know, masters in entomology, quit his PhD because he didn't like the way that, that that Virginia Tech was working. But he he's ridiculous. Like his his mind is this, it is unreal. Uh, he is a person to talk to about anything, and he has the best store of memory you could possibly imagine, and a very interesting perspective. My friend Alexa, who is also an ER doctor, Denver Health. I mean, there's so many people out there. We'll have some conversations because there's like, if, like, and you guys have so many, we all have so many interesting people in our back pockets, don't we? You know, like yes. that's the coolest thing about what you guys are doing is that like, there are so many as I was like, I, I took a run today beforehand and then my roommate had started my sauna, which is right here. That is like, I'm in my closet. Basically, I'm in my closet office, and I have a sauna that I bought at the beginning of the furlough because I didn't ever realize when I was going to be able to sit in a hot room with friends ever again. And I was like, I need a hot, <laughs> and it's supposed to be healthy. That's pure. It's so it's so silly. Like I, this is the space it takes for me to get into my office because I bought the stupid thing, and it's awesome. I use it all the time. <laughs> Thank you, Rhonda Patrick, uh, from since yes. she was on the Joe Rogan talk. Yeah, of course. And it's the same one she had. I saw like a picture she posted once and I was like, all right, well then cool. I'll find one. But yeah, what you guys are doing is, is sick. Like my roommate is an incredibly interesting human being and what he is up to. And he's, you know, a salmon fisherman and had been for years and he's not going to go back. And the reasons why are interesting. We're all just, yeah, it's trying to do stuff. My buddy Nate that came with me to Haiti. Like seriously, I asked him, he, he's such a cat. I met him doing valet years ago. He's a young guy. He's, I think he's, God, no, I can't age. Oh, no. He's a little bit older than you guys, a couple of years. And we, I mentioned that, so I mentioned that I, I went to Puerto Rico once and I flew in and I was going to walk around the main mainland. And 
I did. I started and I burnt my feet and I couldn't even wear my shoes and I couldn't walk. I slept with a tarp, whatever. I like walked like 30 miles one day, slept behind a police station. I smoked some kind of plant. I can't remember what it was. Um, I don't know. I felt really weird afterwards. And then, and then I continued down the way down the beach and I walked by the beach the whole day and I was continuing to put sunscreen on my feet, but they were so bad. They were like purple and burnt and like covered. It was, it was almost like I had like bags on under my skin. It was so bad. So I went to a fire station and I asked them if I could stay and they're like, yeah, cool. I'm like, I'm going to try to buy a bike at Walmart. Um, and I would crash here cause I can't walk with these. And they laughed about it. We took, they took pictures and left. Um, but then I, I biked with a Walmart bike around um, Puerto Rico and then I, and then I returned it when I was done. Uh, <laughs> I bought a $65 piece of shit. It was so bad. And I put, I had to put it together. They didn't have, I asked the auto department if I could use their tools to put it together. And I had it, there was a German guy that was with me that I met at the hostel the night I stayed. He's like, I want to come with you. He lasted a day on the bike and then he returned his bike. And I was like, sick, that's a good idea. I'll finish this and then return my bike when I'm done. So I did. And I made it back to San Juan, returned it. So my buddy Nate did the same trip. Like a year later, I had mentioned this and he's like, that's awesome. So he went and he did it. And then I was like, I want to go to Haiti and I want to do, I want to fly into Port-au-Prince and it's going to be hard because everything that I could find about it, I didn't know anyone who had ever bike toured there. I don't know a lot of bicycle tourists. I just never, but I looked online and I found one blog about somebody who got robbed their second day and they took his bike and took his shit. And then he went home and I was like, that's bullshit. Like he had too nice of a bike. I'm going to go there. and I'm going to make it work. So then I did. We got to Port-au-Prince. We walked around for a day. Couldn't find anything. Stayed at a really bad hotel. Got drunk. And then the next day, we went and bought bikes from some kids in an alleyway. And we made our way through all, like, the three biggest cities in Haiti. And then we biked the Dominican and finished. And then he, a year later, you know, he's done with all of his stuff. He... He rode from Minnesota up to Prudhoe, up to Prudhoe Bay, Alaska. Hung out there for a while. He's salmon fished up with my my roommate. Sent his bike to Washington. Then he biked from Washington down to Panama. And and now he's doing like medical device sales. You know, like just but he's like <laughs> just does stuff whenever he wants to. Just like he he is true to himself. You know, very thoughtful creature and i and when he came with me to haiti i was like are you serious man like gnarly it was gnarly it's the most underdeveloped country in the western hemisphere but people were incredible so amazing we had one moment where we all jumped off we we hitchhiked a truck and i didn't hitchhike on my trip down to latin america but i i did here and we were all standing on this mountainside and there were like seven dudes peeing on the side of the mountain and we heard a scream and there was a woman down below. We didn't know she was there and her whole family. And they were looking at us and she was shaking her hand. And she's like, ah, what are you doing? And the, I, I don't speak French or Haitian French either. And like, so then he was laughing and everybody was laughing. And we all just like stood there. <laughs> so stupid. I think I had a Louis, Louis C.K. moment and I didn't realize. 
<laughs> Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. That, that What's this kid's name? Nick? Nate? Nate. Yeah, Nate, Nate stuns one. Nate. Andrew couldn't hold it, dude. I, we, you always hit the two-hour moment in this podcast. Andrew just threw up in the chats. I have to pee. Dot dot dot. Brb. Yeah, I see that. What a pure moment. What a pure moment. But dude, I think that's just like, those are those are just incredible moments. And I think yeah, it, was so it, it was so funny. Right when you said, right when you said, oh yeah, now he does like medical device sales. And it's like, how many people at that medical device sale place just like look at him as like this ordinary average dude who kind of just does whatever. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you're never going to unpack like these extraordinary moments unless you have the conversations with them. And you're curious enough to know, or you know a guy who knows a guy who knows he did this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's the impetus of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't really care who listens to it. It's like, no one's, nothing's ever going to replicate the feeling that Andrew and I get from this moment of just like, just like putting this energy out and like following where the energy takes you. And it's just like so fun. Like there's a reason we've done it for 300 and now you'll be the 308th podcast. Um, It's awesome, man. It's, it's, it's so cool where, where it can take you. And I think uh, that it's so, and it's so hard to like tell people what, what we do, you know, (laughs) it's just like, I'm, I'm riding this wave of just like human life and, and connections and, and, and I think what's so cool about like, um, you know, meeting you over a zoom call, um, is like, sometimes you just kind of need to know the questions to ask, not even really know who the person is. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, like Emma, I messaged her today and was like, Hey, we're having Matt on today. Like any cool things we should bring up. And she, the first thing she said was the Moab 240. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you kind of walked into that one. And she said, make sure you have like a, ca- uh, like a six pack of beer next to you. Cause like the guy knows how to talk. And like you're gonna want to enjoy a beer, uh, so definitely, definitely do that. Uh, and Andrew's coming back from the pee. Nice to know he had a nice 27 second piss. Andy, what I'm saying is like sometimes the best part about like what we do is like it's these ordinary average people at face value, but sometimes you just need to know the right questions or topics to bring up to really extract the extraordinary. Because everyone really is at the end of the day. Like we're not we're not going into this conversation with Nate and be like Nate, tell me, dude how is it selling medical devices it's like no nate it's like hey dude we heard about some crazy shit about peeing off a rock outside of haiti and he's like he's gonna be like how did you guys know about that it's like well we asked the right people we came from a a different energy source uh so so i guess at the end of the day that's what i'm what i'm really getting at it's like it's just kind of fun to make it's it's more about the connection and 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 building momentum and energy from the next person to the next just because it it creates these amazing conversations and that's that's it deck and i was telling you this uh matt i'll go i know i'm going to the bathroom yeah matt i was sharing with you (laughs) i'm not (laughs) i shared this with you right before the podcast actually when you called me just to clear up some technological issues or things that we might uh face and i said like i I, it's hard to explain what the back pocket does, but like we are, we love just like unpacking instances that like bring this energy out of each individual that you didn't really expect. And mm-hmm. it's just so enjoyable to sit here and just talk about life and share yeah. stories Absolutely. because there's not a lot of moments where you feel like you're able to share what you're doing because you feel like you're taking someone's time or something like that. And uh, when you create that time, since that's what we're doing here, we created this mm-hmm. space, uh, everyone feels comfortable to share what's happening in their life. And then Declan and I and you yourself are 
trying to um, come up with relatable moments to then mm -hmm. um, create a space where we all can just like enjoy what each other are doing. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. What kind of narrative that can come from it? It's, it's the same, like, it's, it's so interesting because you know what I find myself doing now working in a restaurant, I, you know, <clears throat> small table sections, it's a fine dining place. But I start to learn these things about people. And like we were saying earlier, like the, you start to dig a little deeper and people start to expose themselves a little bit more. Usually it's because they decided to elect that wine that I recommended and then they had a little more than they expected. And then you're like, holy shit, you're interesting. Are you kidding me? Like, I always just thought you were just this like super plain old dude. And now you're telling me about this shit, man. Like, we should hang out. Like, we've been, <laughs> we've been coming here for years. And you, you did what? Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah, I mean, I've even as of recent, like I was talking with a friend. She's like, she's like talking about like layers. She's like, oh, you're an interesting onion, you know, like, you know, I'm interesting to peel back more. And it's and it is the thing with everyone that exists. It's everyone around you. I mean, but then, you you know, you're trying to find igniters, you know, or people that are going to be a little bit beyond the pale. But it's it's interesting that like even even in that what is so sick about what you guys are up to is that like it can it can be anyone because people at their people end up being interesting regardless of what they are like at their core we've all experienced so much stuff like that over time like everybody has some stories you know like it's and if you can if you can have like the you know this long format they'll tell you something and you'll be like what did you just say to me like holy man whether it's good or bad but it's but we all like you've been alive for 25 years right like i've been alive for 37 and i've tried to avail myself to a lot of things and uncomfortable situations that end up breeding growth and change but and like what you guys are up to it's it's uh people are just we're animals we're all just a bunch of critters wandering around looking around but we all have stories and, and it's so interesting to hear the perspective of everyone around us. Like, I think that's like why I did my bike tour in the first, that big bike tour in the first place was cause I was like, Holy, I can, I can experience what it is like to live in Northern Mexico, central, Southern, you know, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable belief, you know, Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama, Colombia, Ecuador, Bolivia, Chile, Argentina, all these places, all are so different. All use a language differently. Like the Spanish language interpreted in a different way, different words for different things, different words for the same things, you know, like chancho, marano, puerco for like pig, like the, and, and like dialectical things that exist. Like in the U.S., like we have that too. Like soda or you call it a pop or you call it a coke or a bubbler like all these things they all exist in every other language too and then just then understanding the history and the depth of what those places look like and how they were you know what it was like before pre-colonization and colonization and beyond it's it's and then like then you get to meet a human being who now is living in this era and they are living in whatever space you know raised by attorney and CEO or raised by, you know, 
any any level, whatever. It doesn't matter, like truck driver and and woman who works at a title company who graduated the year before me and what they ended up creating as a son. You know, it's 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 awesome. It's it's awesome. Like what you guys are doing is awesome. You know, like that it's and regardless of whether people encounter it, you're creating it, it's there and people can find it. And that's super cool, I think, because it's a, it's a great space. I, I notice I, I even talk about the bubble with people when they're sitting at the restaurant during coronavirus. And I walk up and I'm like, like, how are you guys doing tonight? Like, you're dying here. It's kind of, you know, the whole spiel that you have to do. But it's, it's, it's this place where people can feel comfortable and exist in a time like today with the social distancing and all this other stuff. But feel normal for a little bit. You know, and I don't bring up anything about what exists on the periphery because it's all out there, sure, you know. But regardless of your views, your, you know, your political leanings, you're human beings. Like, and that's and that's another thing that's really tough about today is that like the cancel culture, the Facebook, the Instagram, all the social media things that are divisive. What you guys are doing is a nice little thing because it creates unity. Like, there's a there's a thought that like hey, you know what, you sit down and you talk with a person. When you sit down and you talk with someone, you can do that without entering the depths of what is happening in society today. And you can have and find ways to create constructive and functional conversation that is meaningful and worthwhile. And Totally. Back pocket. I, you know what's so funny is... Uh going right off that is uh, so my rv is on a farm and i have a landlord uh his name's doyle he rocks i gotta interview him rule? these days if, Wait. He, if i can oh, doyle rule doyle just as <laughs> i wish dude <laughs> Sorry. It, i wish he i wish he had i wish he even knew it existed to be honest but like he it was so i think it was a sunday um when we when this happened but um you know kind of all over the place on a sunday just like trying to get things done you know anxiety this task lists and all these different things and i step outside my rv and he's out there working on his house on the farm and uh i just kind of took a seat and you know just kind of listened to some music and taking in some of the sun and uh he came and o- came over and start sat down uh in the chair next to me and we just started talking and then that was just like a perfect reminder of like oh dude why was i like worrying about all that other stuff like this conversation that I'm having right now is way more worth my time than like anything else I was doing or stressing about before. And then like he asked me, um, cause he, he thinks I'm an alien, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm 25 year old dingus boy and he's just about turned 60, uh, in, in the 27th of June, he always tells mm-hmm. me. So I know exactly when his birthday mm-hmm. is. Uh, but anyways, he's about to turn 60. Where are you going to get him for his birthday? And, uh, he, <laughs> dude, Good question. I gotta, I gotta start thinking about that. But there's, and it's gonna be a thoughtful gift. Not, not that you brought it up. Have you been up. on GunBroker.com before? GunBroker? <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> Is it? It's a farm. You said. No, I don't. Just get him a gun. I don't know. Yeah, no, dude. He's got. Yeah, I mean, he brought his. He, he, he was. My girlfriend was taking pictures with his, uh, his pistol holster and his shotgun that he had under his back seat of his truck. Right. Like he just. This is how these people live, you know. Um, I know what but millimeter it is. And based off that. Ammo. I'm kidding. All right, but seriously, like, he'd be happier. Totally. Ammo's I, expensive these days. Right. Be like, oh. He would be happy if I showed up 
if I if I said, hey, Doyle, can you grab something out of the fridge in the back? Because that's where he keeps all of his, like, he says, if you ever have, like, a, an important Amazon package or something delivered and you're not there, always just write in the notes, put it in the black black fridge in the back of the barn. So, like, I would, my now I'm thinking about it, like, because all this man drinks is Bud Light, mm-hmm. like, shit you not, like, guys outside in 90-degree weather as a damn near six-year-old man just, like, pounding away on this house. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's got a beer with his koozie at all times of the day. doesn't matter when it's insane. So like, and he just like genuinely wants to be paid in Bud Light too. So it's like, Hey, you can take my truck. Just pay me back in Bud Light. As long as the six packs on the, on the, on the passenger seat, like I'm cool. So like, I would say, Hey Doyle, uh, uh, Hey, I have an important package. Can you grab it for me? And instead I would have just, I would put two 30 racks of Bud Light in there. Uh, and so he would open that up and just, I would say like, happy birthday, dude. And happy 60th. I think that would just be a great little antidote. Yeah, performance um, beers, they but, call them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But so anyways, the guy, so he, he's like, Declan, are you a liberal? He's like, I can tell, I, I think you might be a liberal by your Birkenstocks. You know, I think you might be a liberal. And I was like, I mean, Doyle, I was like, Doyle, I, I don't know. I don't really affiliate, man. And it's not because I don't believe things or I do believe things. It's just like, if we start talking about that, then I'm going to miss out on something that you're actually, that you're actually are proud of. And it's something that and it's just going to ruin. It's not going to ruin. It's not going to I'm not going to gain anything from knowing whether you're a Democrat or Republican. Mm-hmm. I'm and I'm and I'm gonna miss out on on the things that you actually care about, and uh, I think that just goes back to what you're saying, man. There's so many more things that people have to offer than their political affiliation mm-hmm. or what they believe in. I, I want to know what they really, really believe in or what they've done uh, in their lives and, and the, the different lessons they've learned or the different experiences that they're passionate to tell me about outside of the the passion that uh, is maybe derived from uh, some political background. Yeah, you know? because we're getting too much news today than we ever got before. Like people are just so brains are just full of all of this stuff that exists and it's okay it's okay like but you know pre-1994 we didn't have the internet so it was just tv and newscast and now we have magic phones in our pockets and it's overwhelming and then that is the focus like maybe you should focus on what it is that you need to do with yourself and to your point like hey let's just uh kind of push that aside for a little bit we can have the conversation if you want to as to like morality if you want but that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's just uh, let's exit form for a second and realize we're human beings, just existing, and what do we like to do? And where are you at? That's a like, that's thoughtful, and of course it exists differently totally. for everybody. And in this current climate, it's it's difficult. And yeah, I it ain't easy being alive. Right. And we're all just so unique. And there's so many different one offs that people are carrying people that are struggling with. It's uh, people that there's so many different things that people get excited about. It's uh, it's crazy to put people in a box and just assume yeah. that they're that uh, yeah. from one thing that they say and the cancel culture or whatever it may be. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and the people that hype people up because they did something special, like there's yeah. so much all else going on in that. And we even started this conversation with your journey from Wisconsin to Argentina. And I'm pretty sure we never even got past Mexico because yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> like I, 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 I know that Who there's cares? so much more there. However, mm-hmm. there's so much more elsewhere as well. And I was like, okay, we, we talked about it for a while, mm-hmm. but I also want to know what, what else has Matt got going mm-hmm. on. 
And I know yeah. Declan's sitting in that same spot, and I couldn't be happier where we took this conversation. Uh, and that's the coolest part. It's uh, It could go any direction, and totally. there's substance I'll t- there. I'll tell you all about the priest in, in Capergana one day. I'll tell you. That was a story and a half. I'll tell you all about the – there's things and experiences. But it was beautiful, and people were amazing. And and that's kind of at the end of the day, like, yeah, we we had a good time. And and that was a good time, too. That, ex, <laughs> that extended a fair, a, fair, a fair amount of time. Uh, the priest experience wasn't the best time I ever had. But I had other ones that, you know, now looking back, it's hilarious. I'll, I'll tell you another time. Anyway. Right. Yeah. What? And I and I think what Andrew's getting at too, and I and uh, I felt the same way because we've had people who go on these journeys, and like you think you think as a podcaster, you try and sometimes you try and paint the story mm-hmm. or like tie it back to like trying to draw interest or something mm-hmm. like this person, these people hike the Pacific Crest Trail, mm-hmm. and this podcast is about their hike on the Pacific Crest mm-hmm. Trail, and it's like, gosh, you get into kind of this mo- these motions of like asking, oh, well, what happened next, or what was like kind of happened on the next part of the journey, and like. Then you finally get to the end, and then you ask a reflection question, and it's like, eh, like you, you almost kind of forced it uh, from our perspective, not necessarily the person telling the story, but like you, you get on this mo- like, you, if you just stay present with it, I guess is really what I'm saying is you get if you just stay present with the conversation, follow where you go, you're gonna get to a way cooler place anyways, and I think it's just kind of natural at the end of the day on on how that all kind of comes together. But speaking to the presence of of this conversation for what's now been probably two hours, I got to imagine. Um, I would want to know, like, to stay and ask, like, a good present final question that we always wrap up with. It's, like, from the time you woke up today uh, to the time we're having this conversation now, which is at 9.23, uh, your time. Uh, what have you learned today, Matt? Uh, quite a few things. Um, I learned that I enjoy speaking with you fellows, um, that – I'm going to, I think I've learned that uh, I'm going to be running with Andrew, um, that you have another buddy who has done some 160 miles. Kid me? Sick. Yeah. Also, I'm excited. I, well, and, and I've learned that you guys are trying to make this into a full-time business, and I, I hope you do, because I think that's cool as heck. And whichever format you have to make it work, you'll find a way. Right. Just, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Make it happen. Yeah, engineering is probably cool as heck, but if this is your passion, man, get after it. Totally. Uh, I've learned that it's interesting to do a podcast. I've never done this before. And and it was really fun. And I would do it again. And I learned that I could I could budget time quite well beforehand. I was able to get in yoga, a run, and a sauna beforehand, which was really good. Dude. Good uh, man. And I've learned that you guys yeah. A couple of St. Thomas football players. That's an <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, football's hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and I think I, I think really at the end of the day, you know, like it, it. Uh, I I just really want to thank you just for being yourself, man, and just uh, it it was fun to just hear it was it was just so fun to hear you navigate uh your thoughts uh based off the questions we asked or. Like it was fun to hear like your long pauses and we would just give you that space to just kind of mull over what, where, where you wanted to take a certain thought. And like, I mean, I just met you two hours ago and it was just fun to like actually like 
feel your energy, understand a little bit of where you were trying to take something. And you're just like a genuinely good dude. And I'm, and I, what I really like too, is like this idea, idea that other people can now win because we had this conversation. Like Andrew's obviously going to win, uh, with going on runs with you, uh, around Cedar or wherever. And like, our buddy Mark Dowdle is going to cross paths with you eventually, and that's going to fire me up mm-hmm. seeing a picture, picture of you guys doing a – he does this thing called $5 5K uh, to raise money for different organizations around uh, the Twin Cities. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure I will see $5 5K pictures of you guys all together. But, like, again, it, it all comes uh, – I've it, got five on it. Does that mean I have to go half on a sack too? Or is that just? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay. I'm just joking. I don't know. I, yeah. But yeah, I got, I got, I got five on five. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, for we'll sure. We'll double down on that. I can't, I can't yeah. help it. <laughs> um, but I, it, it really all just comes yeah, at like sure. the, the price of life, man. And I think uh, it's just cool shit what we've been able to conjure today. So I just want to say thanks. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. It was really nice to meet the two of you, and I'm excited for you guys and what you got going on. And if there's any way I can be of support in any format, I mean, if it is finding another guest or if it's help in whatever way, just let me know. Totally. I'm around. And I'm not far from Andrew. And I will be in Arizona this year again, too. I'm yeah. sure a couple of times. So I yeah. plan on running out there. So maybe we have a beer in person at some point, Declan. Yes, sir. I, I, I'm stoked for you guys. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I look forward to it. Andrew, good to have you. Yes, I'm back from a little poor connection. Uh, did we ask our final question? I yeah, yeah, we asked the final question. I just uh, we were just saying thank yous, and I just want to loop you in. Yes, appreciate it, uh, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us. This was two hours that I uh, I will cherish for a while, and I'm excited to finally meet you in person in the coming weeks, and uh, yeah. share some steps together. So, uh, thanks for coming on the back pocket, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. This is a, yeah. I learned that it's okay that like I feels a little uncomfortable to like talk about your story. Like, I I'm happy to share it, but like I was I was nervous this whole week. Even just like, okay, yeah, like now I'm just gonna talk about myself. You guys had very thoughtful questions, and I'm glad we made it a conversation because the true reality, like I, like I said, I I'm okay to talk about it, but it's that it's going to be aired is something that's interesting to me. And like, I am an, I'm an active introvert. I usually recharge on my own, but you guys definitely certainly made me feel very comfortable. And it was really just, it was just hanging out with a couple of cool guys, you know, and that's, there you go. and that's pretty sick. So, <laughs> uh, you guys do a good yes. job of asking questions. And I, and I really enjoyed this, uh, this experience. So thank you. Hey man. And, uh, That's a wrap here on the back pocket. Seeing double. Tell the whole squad out the back door, man, I think it's time to huddle. Yeah. We're in trouble. Wrote a pop song, tried to pop off, but I think we popped the bubble. And we run around, but now I know we're tired of the nonsense. Said it always goes the 
triple coverage. Had it mapped out, but you spaced out, man, you didn't see it coming. Yeah. Hold my luggage. About to fly up, pull the mic up, looking down and seeing nothing. And we run around, but now I know we're tired of the nonsense. Play the pop games, said you never, never would change, but I don't. 